prosecution outlined how accounting practices what fuck? What? what kind of likeness is that? If they were great artists, they'd be in a museum. I'm fucking fodder for cartoonists now. episode of gutter boys this is uh episode 40 40 episodes of this uh, gutter boys is a small press comics podcast about the ins the outs the highs and the very deep endless bottomless lows of making comics <laughs> i'm your host jb with my co-host cam today uh we have a little special guest featured in the front half we're joined by ms harkness ms how you doing Fucking back, motherfuckers. Hell yeah. Y'all, Welcome y'all back. cannot wait to see me fail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. We're all just rubbing our hands, looking through windows, uh, waiting. 2021, just waiting for my downfall. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people in our uh, Discord that are uh, talking about your book being uh, one of the best of the year, though. So congratulations on uh, Desperate Pleasures in person, I guess. We haven't said that since we had you on the yeah. show. Yeah. Oh no, I appreciate it. I feel like every other episode, it's just somebody giving me a big old compliment fest for like twenty seconds or so. Yeah, it's a it's a nice thing to hear. I don't think there has been an episode where we don't mention your name at least once. Yeah, we even mentioned it on that other podcast we were on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, just, <laughs> it moved over to the other podcast that we go on now. <laughs> People think I'm paying you guys just water cooler talk when I'm not around. Yeah, you're you're our secret weapon. Mm-hmm. All of the gutter gang success is because of MS. Yeah, you just got to hitch to that, uh, you know, wagon and we'll be all right. I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, don't know what right. benefits that I would give you guys. The small press benefits. Thank you. We, yeah. we truly appreciate that. It, it just means that some cartoonists might follow me back because they'll see that you're following me. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what it means in small press. Mm-hmm. I think you have more followers than me, though. Mm, yeah, but a lot of them are probably like from college and, uh, you know, before comics. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're real, though. <laughs> no, they're those really don't count. real me. <laughs> yeah. So what are we doing on this episode? Are we doing Pimps and Simps well, on this episode? Yeah, so I know we did get a tally of uh, the biggest Pimps and Simps for 2020. Is This episode is late. Because of me. It was my fault. It was my fault. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And uh, so this will be coming up. On the 31st, so the very last day of 2020, so it's fitting that we talk about this. Who were the biggest pimps and simps of 2020? We'll take a look at the brackets, because we did get quite a few. Do you have all this pulled up already? Oh, yeah, I got them right here. Oh, okay. All right, so uh, pimps, we have a vote for Hanselman, Alex Graham, and MS Harkness. Hey, look at that. Yeah. Uh, Simps, Ed Pisker. Ed Pisker won this one, by the way. Oh, yeah, so many DMs. At least like 25 plus votes for Pisker. Yeah. The Nib also got the Simps Award. It seems like a lot of people hate the Nib, and I just didn't realize this. 
I think they're one of the bigger paychecks you can get. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Stuff. They pay yeah. well. Yeah, I, I, like, we're, we're such haters or, like, going after them for <laughs> giving out actual money to cartoonists. I think we actually... Can I, can I nominate the New Yorker for Symptom? Is the New oh, Yorker yeah. on this Excel sheet? No, unfortunately, but we can add it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put in breaking news this hour. New Yorker, big simp of 2020. <laughs> Is it over the uh, Hockney cover, or because that was pretty? Oh, we yeah, actually, we should discuss that. Um, that like iPad art that made yeah. it to the the head of the list. I mean, it's it's mostly just if you go to NewYorker.com, don't look for my comic that I put in there because that one was that one was just okay. But uh, you know, it's just the majority of what they got going on. There's a lot of a lot of just not not so good stuff on there. Well, in the did you have a, didn't you have a cartoon in it in the New York? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't want to I don't want to talk about that. But <laughs> oh, wait, no, 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 you can't just no. bring up the New Yorker. Well, no, I'm just it's it's the whole structuring of how all these comics are made now because it's all one company, right? It's the Illuminati like uh, lizard people that run all of these things. They run the Vogue, they run yeah. Vanity Fair and Bon Appetit, and the whole structure is make the most boring fucking comic that you can. make make and we'll put it out in like a year from now <laughs> and yeah. we'll pay you maybe six months after that and it's just it's just horrible horrible way to make relevant art but was the new yorker payday worth it uh too much of a gamble in the sense of you know you make it and then you send it out you have to you know it's not they're not paying you up front for shit like yeah you make it and then you'll hear back in you know like what uh, two months or something because that's the backlog they're dealing with and I'm, I'm gonna say the the nib pays more so if we got like who's the bigger simp here yeah the simp scale <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, I just know that I've always heard the nib pays on time. So as long yeah. as, you know, creators are getting paid on time, that's, that's cool with me. My friend and neighbor, Emmy Guinness, put out a comic with the nib recently about a guy putting rat testicles into uh, men with uh, erectile dysfunction uh, way back when snake oil was <laughs> just that much more entertaining. Pretty good comic. Pretty, Hell pretty, yeah. uh, she teaches at CCAD. She's my neighbor. She came over and ate falafel on Christmas with me. Not only knows her shit, but makes weird comics about, uh, oh no, it's goat testicles. It's putting goat testicles into men. Oh, that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. who to you all was the pimp of comics in 2020 though? I know those were some mm. votes that we, uh, but I think, yeah, I mean, MS, you were a pimp of comics. I agree with that. We had a vote for, uh, Arecchio Yeah, Caleb Marina. was a pimp. Uh, I haven't seen him online in a little bit. He's taking some time off. Oh, okay. Some other votes for pimps and simps. Okay. Tom Neely, Nate McDonough, Andrew Buck, all pimps. Votes for pimps. Uh, Sean Knickerbocker as the pimp in the shadows planning for the hottest 2021. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got to shout him out too. I don't think we shouted him out on an episode for sending books. So yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. And then simps, people who keep promoting the Ignats as an important thing to care about. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, one more vote for Pat Rooks for uh, Pimp of 2020. Oh, Pat, you're a simp to me, brother. Oh, damn. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone who shared the Avengers Biden meme, also a simp. Yeah. There was a couple when I like put up like the questionnaire. I remember Donnie Cates getting a couple votes. A lot of Pisker, oh, yeah. though. A lot of Pisker for Simp of the Year, which... I wonder fucking why. I mean, like, every episode you guys are dunking on that man. Okay, we've, we've, we've laid off the gas a little bit, I feel like. We did. Yeah, we did. We did. You know. Uh, so that means Simp of 2020 goes to Ed Pisker. The inaugural close, Simp. Yeah, inaugural Simp of the Year, and then close runner-up, not even close runner-up, actually, just a runner-up in second place is... 
is Donny Cates. Yeah. Donny, good luck to you. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. I'm going to throw my throw my pimp vote in for Jim Rugg just to keep shit contentious. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jim Jim be shouting me out quite a bit saying Jim's that a I'm good, talented. Jim's a good and, pimp uh, elected. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd vote Jim as a pimp even though he unfollowed yeah. me. That was a simp move, Jim. Well, he unfollowed me on Instagram, but he didn't on anything else. I got unfollowed on Twitter and Instagram, which I don't blame the guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's got yeah. friendships to maintain. Yeah, yeah. Did I send you the clip of him rapping about him and Jim? No, but you're going to have to send that. So yeah, put, put this, this put in, that the in the middle of the show. It's like it's like Pisker being like he's like rapping and Jim like is just sitting there just waiting for him to stop. Yeah, just send that shit. Yeah, to hang me, on. Let me pull this shit up just to play. Absolutely like necessary. That. Yeah, hang on. Let me. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't... Yeah, no, but uh, Pisker is definitely simp of the year, and uh, I don't see anything changing next year if our listenership is predictable like I think they are. I think Donnie will be a close contender for tomorrow. We, we got to get into we got to get into Donnie here in a minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, this is off the fucking record. Donnie oh. talk. Are you ready for this, though? This is crazy. So. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so I guess that leaves us with Pimp of the Year for 2020. Yeah, Pimp of the Year. Who is it? It looks like it's going to be MS Harkness. So it's pretty fitting that you're on this episode. What do I win? Nothing. Just the uh, honor of being the inaugural Pimp of the Year. (laughs) (laughs) We'll send you a certificate in the mail. Yeah, I'll buy you a beer the next time we're all together and and able to hang out again. Um, I don't feel like pimps drink beer. Okay, well, we'll get you a chalice. A chalice. To drink out of, yeah. I think like some other pimp... in it or something. Yeah, there <laughs> I'll you grow go. my pinky uh, nail out real long just for y'all. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. How many votes did I get? Oh, fuck. Let's see. Probably like 10 plus. Yeah. What? You guys have 10 listeners? Consistently? We no, have that's that 10 times. out of like 30 plus votes. I, I have that level of consistency for my people. Yeah. I think 33%. everyone who voted for me is the real pimp. <laughs> hey. There you go. A good acceptance speech. Some other pimps of the year for me besides MS, I do just want to shout out, even though we shout them out all the time too, Strangers and Bubbles. I just think it's great that good fanzines exist in comics again. Yeah. And it's real dope because me and Pete Fakey, I feel like four or five years ago in our one of our long car trips back from a show, we were complaining that we didn't have like a maximum rock and roll for comics and now we have like three or four of them which is yeah, really right, cool yeah. like in that we didn't have to do any work <laughs> <It just appeared. laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> and like brian baines i'm like every uh just every bubbles i read and it's so good and just every time i saw that little bit he did for with uh noah van skyver's online deal uh just the sweetest man just the sweetest guy out there. He was super nice. Yeah. I feel like I've probably run into him at a show of some sort because he's just out like he's with these East Coast dudes. But I'm like, he, yeah, like he's got a comics face where, you know, like, you know, a lot of dudes look like that. So <laughs> it's like, I'm like, oh, I hope it wasn't like weird to you. You know, you're really cool, Brian. He was at SPX the year you didn't go, which was, I think, last year. Yeah. Okay. That was when I first met him. Okay. Hang on real quick. Uh, I found the Pisker video. 
You already know who we are. We're the tag team <laughs> champions of comic book YouTubers. Hang on, Immediately hang on, hang on, just hang on, looks hang on. so uncomfortable. Oh. You already know who we are. We're the tag team champions of comic book YouTubers. The super scooper party poopers. The men with all the super duper disco breaks. You know Jim and I are a couple guys who rarely make mistakes. We're the comic book lords. You know we're not bores. We're the baddest men you ever saw. The money making earthquake and men who get that party shaking. <laughs> In Jim's face the entire time is the best part of that. JB, I'll uh, shoot this over to you so you can oh. put it. <laughs> yeah. Rip the audio from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the simp of the year. Excellent. Any other pimps? No, I mean, it was hard to be a pimp in 2020. It was hard. Well, you know, I think uh, segueing into our news segment, yeah. I'm going to have to vote my personal pimp of the year, besides MS, uh, is our friend of the show, Big Gleb, also known as Gleb Melkinov. Uh, he's currently uh, working on the next DC Robin title. And he just put out Jenny Hex, uh, which was like Jonah Hex's daughter. Yeah. If you have brain rot like us, then you probably saw some of the very normal conversations (laughs) taking place. Yeah. (laughs) Gleb posted on Twitter uh, a critique of Bagley and Donny Cates' Venom title. Yeah. Let me pull up the tweet just so we can read exactly what he said. I had it bookmarked. I think he deleted it, though. Oh, did he delete it? Okay. Yeah, well, he deleted it and put an apology up. Why? What did he apologize for? I don't He said he apologized that. for just any kind of hurt feelings it may have caused. Okay, so I have a screenshot of the tweet. So Gleb tweeted out a uh, couple photos of the interiors of this Donny Cates and Mark Bagley book where it's literally just Venom, or I guess the guy, what is Venom's real name? Eddie Brock? Tom Eddie Hardy. Brock, yeah. Yeah, Tom Hardy. <laughs> Tom Hardy, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Venom as a man just like looking and having a monologue and like holding his face and like crying and being sad. And like this would work in a movie. And I guess it could work in comics as well. But Gleb just tweeted these images with something simple like, please don't do this. You have 20 pages of superhero comics. You don't want to waste three of them on the same exact face over and over again. Gleb did not tag Donnie or Mark Bagley, but this tweet blew the fuck up and uh, people were snitch tagged. Donnie Cates in it and Donnie like uh, had a field day and uh, all of his advocates decided to get in Gleb's mentions but this ended up causing such a shitstorm that like major comics players started weighing in on this like even Eric Larson Eric Larson literally took the Venom comic that Gleb posted and like copied one panel and pasted it over the rest of them and was like actually this is what it would look like if it was just one face over and over (laughs) it's like what the fuck dude like how are you not seeing this like valid critique of like comics would be so much more exciting and Gleb was even defending himself later being like I don't necessarily even think that monologues are bad in comics but draw them doing something different besides like a tight shot of the face for three fucking pages but this kind of got out of hand I mean it even got covered on bleeding cool you know like Gleb's slow news day yeah slow news day when they got to fucking take a upstart Gleb's not an upstart but in the eyes of DC fans he probably is because I think Robin's the first book that he's gotten that's like a major break for him right like consistently yeah so yeah I mean even Tom King and Mitch Gerards were like tweeting about it being like oh we do this every issue and like posting like these <laughs> boring here's ass, how we do it over and over again <laughs> like Tom actually posted something that looked worse than the Venom shit <laughs> yeah. and was like I did it for four pages instead of three and was like proud of it and it's like <laughs> yeah. what the fuck like yeah uh, got it all, I mean I always hand it to the CIA guy to, to fucking really just 
hammer in how fucking dumb he is. Yeah. It's, yeah, Tom is like one of the worst personalities in comics. Pretty shitty. Yeah. Another thing that was kind of crazy about this is there is a DC editor named Jess Chen. And Jess does edit at DC. And I was looking at their Twitter and I think they edit some Batman books. But Jess decided to fire out this subtweet that said, gentle reminder, editors are on here too with a bunch of eyeball emojis, right? And it's like, first off, yes, of course, editors are on Twitter. But why would you make this like very thinly veiled threat subtweeting somebody that works for you instead of, you know, approaching the manner in a professional way that you would think they would do at DC Comics? And also, I just think it's real shitty that the editor's like, hey, we see you. You know, it's like, dude. Yeah, it's a weird big brother approach to critique. Yeah. And it's like, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think that that person even edits Gleb's books. So why are you policing what the fuck Gleb? does to to bend the knee to be twitter clout like to get twitter clout no no it's to bend the knee yeah it's she knows where her paycheck comes from the fuck out of here what are you doing making 19 dollars an hour at dc (laughs) in burbank not answering emails yeah Yeah. (laughs) sitting in a cubicle next to the guy from my chemical romance like (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't know it's just like to me like we bitch all the time about independent comics but like the more i hear about shit and the more like i see the way things go down with those companies like just fucking throw it all away i don't know i think there's something to you know them having less books and not even going monthly at this point but I don't know. It's a weird situation because, you know, I know Gleb eventually took the tweet down and put up an apology tweet, which I'm not going to speak for Gleb and say he didn't mean it. But if I was put in that position, I feel like it was more of a PR move than because, I mean, he didn't even say anything bad. Everything he said was valid. He didn't tag anybody. The only reason why it blew up is because people saw it and then started tagging the creators that he was very, very lightly dunking on. So I don't know. I just think that uh this is uh just it just puts a bad taste in my mouth uh with how this whole thing was handled and the fact that like gleb is being publicly shamed for just having a very valid in my opinion critique of these boring ass looking donny cates comics i mean is he though yeah or, or is he just like in the sandbox with all these just like goobers who couldn't be fucked to do anything other than react to shit in a conditioned manner well, because it's like a pile think, on if you got numbers, right? But like at the same time, it's like, well, are, are, do we really count these people? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think in the the mainstream big two world, I think the people that are weighing in actually count. have like clout. Y- yeah, okay. they have they, they they have blue verified checks, whatever the fuck that means on Twitter. You know, like sure. yeah, they're missing an important part of their brain now, so that's good. Yeah. So yes, you're right. It's in the sandbox. Like I personally don't give a fuck. But I mean, like, you know, if your goal is to draw cape comics and I and I'm not just saying this as somebody who, you know, is friendly with Gleb, I think Gleb is making interesting work for those companies that looks different than what they're usually offering. So, I mean, if they're going to let artists like Gleb have books, you know, I'm all for him continuing to get work. But it does kind of seem like all the bigger people are like, oh, well, actually, hang on. Let me he jokingly replied. And I think this is what got him some more hot water. And it was you could tell it was a joke, but he jokingly replied that he would have some of these people's jobs. In a few years. He's not wrong. He's good enough to do so. But he said the quiet part loud. Yes. And that was the problem. (laughs) And I think that also put the bad taste in other people's mouths because they they were like, oh, he's going to come after our jobs now. And it's like, you know... Come on, y'all. It's like, have fun. You guys are 50 or 60 year old people. You're just out of touch with how humor works to this new generation. Yeah, you've been posting too many Biden memes that now your brain is just melted. Yeah, so I don't know. But Big Gleb, you know, we have nothing but love for you over here. Yeah, 
Gutter Boys is a big Gleb House production, so we don't we don't take kindly to bad mouthing a, a star like yeah. Gleb. I, a rising star, the future DC rising talent. Whenever they, uh, whenever Gleb turns forty six and he's done ten years in the industry, <laughs> yeah, he'll be the new right. future rising star yeah. in comics. <laughs> he can join that Marvel team of yeah. like uh, what did they call that? The <laughs> the, the Stormbreakers. The, the Stormbreakers. Yeah, yeah that group of like sixty plus year old guys. Yeah, so sick. Uh, hell yeah, so sick. Yeah, I mean, I think the most worrying thing uh, about it is just. Like as an artist and creator, you shouldn't you shouldn't be afraid of like voicing an opinion. Not at all. Specifically, a well-informed opinion. Like it's an argument. He gave a bunch of examples in order to support his argument. And, and on top of that, Gleb even posted pages where he had done the same thing and yeah. how he had done it differently, though. Where he was like, "Well, this is what I did when I had a talking face scene." So yeah. it's like he was he was allowing criticism at all aspects. Well, I think it was Mitch or someone that posted one of his pages that was just four panels of a talking head. And then he replied, he's just like, yeah, that was one page with four panels. This is three pages of just this. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think a lot. The problem is a lot of that critique went over a lot of people's heads, especially the readers. Mm -hmm. And it went straight to just I'm an insecure baby. And I think that he just went it. A Donny Cates book, who is the king of comics right now of the mainstream big two, right? So like, and Donny is obviously, you know, very thin skin guy. Yeah, yeah, super hurt by anything that critiques him. And the thing is, is the critique wasn't even about Donny's writing, even though Donny did write that scene. And the reason why it was forty fucking panels of a face is because Donny decided he wanted a text bubble on forty fucking panels. But that's besides the point. I just think that they piled up on him. And it's just because he ruffled the wrong feathers. The take, the take was very pedestrian, very pedestrian, in my opinion. Like it wasn't mean. It was just, hey, I don't like comics that do this. Well, at the risk of losing the inaugural Gutter Boys 2020 Biggest Pimp of the Year Award, this is where you guys should just be plugging your Discord to say if you want to talk critique, if you want to bring class. And, you know, good decorum. Yeah, decorum back to uh, talking shit on the Internet um, <laughs> should join up with the discord because Twitter doesn't seem to be the place for this, considering that everyone, your mom and your employer and everyone is just going to see it. And your tone is lost on people that are so smooth brained and that they think that everything is about them. So not irony poisoned. Yeah, like I mean, I I yeah. just I wouldn't have posted that. Club seems like a cool dude and I frankly agree with him, but like I got a lot of opinions I don't put on Twitter and I just kind of go, "Oh, I'm gonna file that away for later." And then I just don't ever post it cuz Twitter ain't writing no checks, guys. I've seen you go the fuck off on Twitter, though. I went off once, and and now you remember it, but I don't do it that often. <laughs> You're like, but, but, but MS Harkness, you did it that one time, and I'm like, yeah, it was one time. And a lot of people from my high school had some shit to say about that shit, so. <laughs> Hell yeah. So. And they, they're yeah, not writing I, checks either. <laughs> yeah. I'm really only on Twitter at this point just to see what's going on and to try to dunk on people, which is probably not healthy. I mean, that right there shows why I shouldn't be on it. But um, go into our Discord. We did start a Discord. If you want to be invited, you can. A lot of people, look, don't hit me with the bullshit in the DMs. Like, if I'm cool enough to come in, you can come in. Just don't screenshot people. Don't be a fucking cop. And just be cool. 
I'll invite anybody. Just uh, DM me on the Gutter Boys account at Gutter Boys Pod on Instagram or my personal Instagram at Cam Del Rosario, and I'll send you a link. Uh, there's a lot of cool people in there, a bunch of different channels. People post drawings in there, you know, the stuff they're working on. You know, it's just lively chat every day. There's a jam comic that Josh Pettinger started where everybody's like been doing a panel and then calling next. You know, it's it's a pretty cool place to be honest, but also a lot of time gets wasted there is the consensus because people are just bullshitting all day in there. But it's, uh, it's a good place. JB, they say they want you in there more, but I know you don't really like the Discord app. Yeah, they're going to have to beg. Yeah. It's, uh, I like it now that I've gotten used to it. And, you know, you don't have the fear of, you know, your messages being seen on Discord like you do a Facebook, Instagram, possibly Twitter. Uh, when I say seen, I mean like read by the actual website and monitored because apparently Discord's like super private. Yeah, that's why it's like a gamer app. Yeah. So they can use gamer words. So they can use the N word <laughs> over and over. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's pretty much why Discord exists. Yeah. But we found out we could do live podcasts through there. So we might do a live episode on Discord or something. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Like I said, if you want the invite, come in. It's, everybody's friendly. Everybody gets along. Just don't be an asshole. This sounds like a lot of rules, you guys. I don't know. <laughs> We just don't, if you're, if you're shit talking Chester Brown, you know, you don't want those screenshots to end up on the internet. So, you know, that's the only rule is just don't be a cop and don't screenshot. Not that I was shit talking Chester Brown, but hey, it might've happened. Once or twice. In the discord. Yeah. I just think as someone who's regularly sloppy and makes uh, comics that are incredibly sloppy, just the height of sloppiness. I say to all you people out there listening, (laughs) try not to be sloppy online because you're not getting paid to be sloppy. Like I am. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get a couple book deals under your belt before you want to try and uh, field some jokes out there. Yeah, at this point, I could have used this advice before we started this show, but um. But, but you're about to announce your new money making venture, which is to say, yes, you're about to begin some checks for being sloppy. Yeah. Hopefully. So I guess we should go ahead. The Patreon will be up. I'm making that tomorrow. I'll have a link on the next uh, episode. We're going to start the Patreon on the first payment would be for February. So we're going to start doing our extra episodes in February. That's the plan right now. These episodes might be like these current episodes. They might be a little different. We'll have some guests come back on as well. We're probably not going to put first time guests on the Patreon, though. I think they'll always end up being on the, uh, you know, the regular show. But we're also going to have a merch tier where you get stickers and so forth and uh, I'll have some verbiage written up about that um, on the actual Patreon when that launches and another cool thing we will be starting for our second anniversary uh, we will be starting a Kickstarter for the first issue of Gutter Magazine Gutter Magazine is something that I started putting together last year uh, with the intention of putting it out in the spring of this year but of course given the year that happened all that got derailed JB and I have, you know, collaborated together to put together a really cool list of uh, contributors and we're wanting to do two a year. So pretty much we just want it to be comics focused. Uh, that's the important thing is just making sure you put out good comics. And I got a rather lengthy list of contributors for the uh, first issue, but I'm going to go ahead and go through them now. It's going to be me and JB, of course, John Meinrich, Evan Salazar, Caroline Cash, Alejandra Gutierrez, Josh Pettinger, Blake Sims, Pete Fakey, Nick Pyle, Rock Nassoon, Carly Hack, 
Yewan Kwan, Grace Kale, Pablo Vigo, Jasper Jubinville, and Michael Kennedy. So yeah, that's the list of contributors for the first issue. There might be one or two that uh, might squeak in there. And uh, we're going to start planning on kickstarting that in March with a bunch of different tiers. You know, hopefully have the physical copies in hand by May, June, which hopefully if shows come back, that would be right around the time of cake. So plan is to take that on the road with whatever shows happen next year. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, You know, I've seen some pages and some stories from some of the contributors and, you know, there's some really good work that's going to be in there. You know, above all else, I just want to use the platform that we have from this show to showcase good comics in a way. And maybe we'll win an Ignatz brick and we can just break it up and give everybody a little piece of a brick. Is there an Ignatz for sloppy podcast publications? No, for anthologies. So we got to take down the nib. Oh. Yeah, that's our competition. Didn't the nib win last year? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, yeah, Matt Boers, we're coming for you, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I guess with the end of the year, you know, it was a pretty bad year. But, you know, there was also some good things. Comics still came out, which was cool. Some of my favorite books. I feel like we said this on that other show, but I'm just in a very fortunate position to have some of my peers and friends making some of my favorite comics. And uh, I don't mean to come off as biased when I say this shit, but I mean, like, you know, MS, Pettinger, Evans Comics, JB. Bees comics, you know, Caleb Arecchio. I know they've all been on the show before, but all the work they put out this year was top tier in my opinion. And I, I just find myself blessed to be able to have these people in my life, but also making some of the best work I've seen. And, you know, I, I would say this stuff without, you know, knowing these people. So I know it's going to come off as biased, but I assure you that the work is strong enough, in my opinion, that, you know, taking personal bias out of it, I still think it is very strong. So I know that's kind of a cop out, but uh, it's just the honest to God truth on my end of things Kane's anyway. biggest sweetheart of 2020. JB, most, <laughs> most vile internet man <laughs> of you. 2020. Thank you. No, well, I mean, thank you, Cam. As always, oh, as always every episode, love, uh, love a good compliment. Yeah, uh, Josh, Josh Pettinger, definitely a rose of the year. Got some of Evans comics, another rose. Sam Zabo, you need to have have her on here at some point. I don't know if you've got any of her Girl Hell comics, but definitely a rose. Alex doing his thing. I did a lot of this shit when I put out my Christmas letter on Patreon. I yeah, just like yeah. name dropped everybody. I wrote up a bunch of lists. Alex was doing good work, yeah. Yeah, I really hope his shit gets put together in a, a good collection. I hope somebody fucking fronts the printing for that. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think on hand like all the graphic novel uh, shit length that I've read. I liked Goblin Girl a lot, Mo Romanoff's book. I thought that was really good. That was good, good yeah. Um, I got a copy of that. I really liked this book, Desperate Pleasures. Yeah, that was a good one. That's pretty good. That yeah. blue book. The blue yeah. book advantage. Did you guys like the new Adrian Tamina book? Did anybody read that or was that just me? That was just you, Cam. Yeah, it was, uh, it's, it was cool to see, like, new Tamina. Apparently, that's how you say the last name. I've been saying it wrong. But, uh, all in all, I thought it was a, a vanity project at the end of the day. So, like, I respect it because I like that guy's work, but, uh, it wasn't the best book he's done. It's like, oh, you go to lunch with Dan Klaus sometimes? Cool. You hear that, Tomine? Clean your shit up. <laughs> What else came out this year? I feel like there was like some big ass books that came out this year. Oh, yeah. Superman versus the KKK. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Eddie's Week by Patrick Dean was good. I hate that I don't know if you're being facetious or not. Oh, no. That book was, uh, we didn't read it, but I mean, you know. Was that what it was called? 
Yeah, yeah, that was that was a Yo, real book. Yo, I hate nerds. God damn yeah. it. <laughs> Fucking A, man. What the yeah. fuck? Ugh. Prison Pit got collected. I don't know if that's technically new or not, so I guess that doesn't count, but it's cool that we got a Bible of Johnny Ryan comics. Yeah, I'm just like looking. I just shit. recently read uh, Santoro's Pittsburgh. I mean, that's that's last year, but... Did you like that? I did. I think that there were parts of it that for me, we're kind of like, nah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As someone that makes autobio, I think that some of the information could have been delivered a little bit better, but like the panel per panel, scene for scene for that book is just kind of unparalleled. Yeah, that's that's how I felt about it too. It's just like... I, yeah, it's definitely like fucking up there. Like, yeah. there's... For all the people who are like putting it on this pedestal, they're right to do it. Frank's a weird kinetic genius like that. Yeah, he's like a weirdo, but he gets a pass from me because of his work. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. But uh, I felt bad and then I, it was, you know, I should have read it more, more recently or more when it came out. But yeah, Alex Graham's uh, Dog Bones thing that she's been doing on Instagram has been great. Hanselman did Crisis Year, which... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it went on too long, but I thought it was good (laughs) overall as a whole. Pete's Detective Comics, uh, that was great. I feel like Pete, my my Pete, my good friend, Pete, my my lovely sweet boyfriend from Minneapolis, Mm -hmm. (laughs) who's just like, as like a a guy who, we have our our artist conversations, our our, art, uh, (laughs) Art 41 or whatever the fuck there are back and forth talking about shit and he's always just concerned about level of consistency and i feel like he's like hit it i don't know if he knows it but maybe he's gonna change the game up completely on his next comic i don't know but <laughs> yeah but anyway I, it looks great it's, from what it's, posted. it's so good and i think everyone needs to give it the time of day because it's great yeah i mean i i love minis i i don't have graphic novel money all the time between my my wine hobby and my cheese hobby but Hell yeah. Prioritizing. Yeah, I think... Oh, Pete put out... Uh, I was going to think... I was like, did Pete put anything out this year? But yeah, he put out that Living Nightmare book, which will be in Gutter Magazine. Uh, that's what it was originally for. And then he did the uh, split book with uh, Drew Lerman. That was this year, right? Yeah, it was a, that was the detective one. Am I oh, detective... Okay, wrong? okay. You know, yeah. when you said the detective comics, I literally thought Batman detective comics. And I was going to question you about it, but I was like, eh, let's just let it roll. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just let her talk. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, he put that out this year because I remember he was doing all those little extra gimmies for uh, that during the summer. We're talking about that. So, COVID Um, comics. Everyone making their COVID comics. I did like Purdy by Kickley. Volume two of that came out this year, and that was pretty good. Kickley, well, the only. Kickley, I think supposedly lives in minneapolis yeah he, d- he does i don't yeah. think i ever met him but he messages me every time i have a birthday oh that's nice so on facebook he's like hey happy birthday ms harkness and i'm like <laughs> it's like looking in the history of the chat and it's like last year when you wished me happy birthday. <laughs> i'm like hell yeah kickly so he just opens his uh, computer up every morning and dms everybody who has a birthday that day it's, hey, happy he's, birthday. he's taking on the tom spurgeon role so yeah i know that he uh was posting i follow him on instagram and he was posting that he was like doing like the official paintings for the uh some kind of book about the minneapolis state fair i think or minnesota state fair right yeah there's a there's a minnesota state fair that uh, is fairly important so yeah i think he put out like a book of like paintings that he got commissioned to do about the state fair yeah and that's mostly what he's been doing now is just selling these like uh painting zines and drawing zines 
Aren't so they kind of like, like 50 uh, bucks too? Europe and like studied painting, so it's on brand. Yeah. I want to try to get him on the show because uh, I love that he like faked his death or some shit. Got into a car accident and changed his art name. He took a break. I can ask him if you want. He took a break for a while. Yeah. And then he came back and started painting. Books of 2020 for me. You read? That I read. Mm. Mm-hmm. How about books we didn't read? Oh, there's a lot of books that I didn't read. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Anything that had Ramon Villalobos' name on it, mm-hmm. pff, straight in the trash. Yep. Don't care. I'll be honest, that Sue Gay book, that uh, The Man Without Talent, like, beautifully drawn, very good fucking comic, but like, it, but it's it's a it's a fucking, Chris Ware did like the intro to it, didn't he? It was just like, yeah, this comic's really fucking depressing. I'm Chris Ware, you should read it. And I'm like, I mean, uh, I don't I, like sad comic. Like, it's, it's almost like it's it's like, oh, this works because it's this dude isn't from America, so like it, it's like other people's problems or something. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, again, I, I'm not here to fucking just be like, oh man, he's poor. I'm poor. Wow, you know, like I, I don't want that intro from fucking Chris Ware. That was actually one of my favorite comics of the year, not the Chris Ware part, but as far no, as it just was like, like on everyone's list, and it's yeah. a great fucking comic. But I, I I'm saying. I'm so, I'm just being problematic. This is what pimps do sometimes. Is that yeah, you know true. pimps on pimps on women? You know. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes sometimes they do stuff that we don't agree with. And I'm just gonna say I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't put that on my best of list because yeah. And also I mean I it's a book from the '60s. You know, like that just got translated into English, so it's not really like new, I guess. Either technically doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought that. Uh, go ahead, JB. What were your books of the year? None of them. <laughs> they all sucked. <laughs> all right in the trash. I don't care. No, I mean, I know we talked a little bit about this on uh, Kyle Starks' podcast, but I will have to just repeat those titles, I guess, because it's going to be the same. Desperate Pleasures, uh, Dead Earth was a great DC title. I was really surprised that that was yeah. even a thing. Yeah, he's good. Daniel's good. Daniel's really good, yes. It's one of the few saviors of the big two, in my opinion. I know we've talked mm-hmm. about that. A little bit. Yeah. And we'll probably have him on the show at some time soon, mm-hmm. uh, likely in the next month. So 2021, we'll have Daniel on. Yeah. Let's get Big Gleb on, too. Once oh, he I'd love to have Gleb DC. on. Yeah. Hey, do you have any scoops on uh, does Noah talk to Ethan? MS, you know anything the about fuck that? What I know about I, hey, you were on shit. Noah's you were on Noah's show, so I didn't know if you yeah, know. Yeah, and and I didn't video chat him to get any family drama. Yeah, see, he's I, posted on Facebook pretty frankly, like, hey, can everyone stop asking me this shit? Like, I don't oh, fucking want to talk about this shit, and my work is not relevant to this. Can we stop fucking? Like, I I think it's like such a good, interesting story from the perspective of just like, I mean, most people who make comics, you don't have anyone in your family fucking knows what the fuck you do or understands or appreciates anything you do. Imagine you have another person in your family that's very clued into that, but they're completely on the other side of that. Like, how fucking mental (laughs) would that be to actually have someone in your family who makes comics, but they're like, no, man, I fucking love Batman and I fucking hate women. (laughs) It's like the leader of Comicsgate is your brother. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, mental would that be? I'm just like, man, why can't I have somebody else, like who also likes King Cat? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I it did, sucks. I to guess talk I about. never put that together that they're related. Yeah, they're brothers. And like, if you look at uh, when when Ethan got like the show with Ethan started popping off, Noah changed all of his social media to like Noah vs comics instead of Van Scott. Yeah, I don't think, I that think he it's wants just, to have those conversations because yeah, I would not want to fucking at the end deal of the with day, that shit. Fuck that. I, for, 
from what I've seen, it's like he just doesn't acknowledge it at all. And it's just like, yeah, it just exists. You know, like, and I don't think he's publicly it's, it's on the record about family. a lot of that shit. Like, there's, there's dimensions of that that we're just not going to be beholden to, and that should be fine. Like, right. if you're a fucking asshole messaging Noah to tell his brother to fucking say shit, you're fucking dweeb. Like, get the fuck over yourself. And not they're, they're like, full-on brothers, because they look nothing like each other. Yeah, Noah did a book. He's got, like, nine siblings, so... Good He's uh, Mormon. Were they Mormons? The book yeah, is... Yeah, literally, the book is about him being <laughs> raised Mormon. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I yeah. guess I guessed right. Good. <laughs> oh, my God. I also have to mention Matthew Allison's book, Cancor, that was put out by Ad House. Uh, but that book's great. It's just really well thought out from cover to cover. Uh, it's just a good looking book. It's just well done. Is he is he done with Cancor or is he going to continue it? He's going to continue it. I don't think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's it for books of the year, considering I didn't really purchase or read much this year. So. Hell yeah. Alrighty. So, uh, real quick, uh, we had a couple quick shout outs. We got some packages of books and various merch from Nate Garcia. Nate is an 18 year old wonder kid making comics. I think he just put out the second issue of a book he sent us called Horn Rim. Yeah. And the second issue just came out. You can pick that up from his website. I'll probably order one from you soon, Nate. And then another shout out to Pip Kaplan, who's Nose Babies on Instagram. Pip sent us over some t shirts and some comics. So, uh, check out their work they make some cool stuff as well and uh if you want to send us stuff dm us at gutter boys pod uh we're always open to taking a look at comics and uh yeah i'll shout you out if you send us something also big shout out to mike prezado oh prezado sent me a drawing yeah yeah he sent uh he sent out some some nice christmas drawings and uh, mike also hooked me up with some toys that i was looking for so yeah. thank you for that santa prezado yeah santa prezado uh, yeah <laughs> Thanks for uh, sending me a card as well. Uh, I got a few postcards in the mail. MS, I got your uh, Christmas newsletter. That was nice, actually. Yeah, that was a great uh, newsletter. I love that. Yeah, Yewan sent a card. Uh, Grace Kale sent one. I got a lot of cards from cartoonists this year, so I think next year I'm going to join the fun. Oh, yeah. We should do a Gutter Boys one. Yeah. That'd actually, nice. that... Yeah, we're going to we're going to try to get $10,000 on Patreon to go do a photo shoot in front of the Soprano house and then we'll use those photos to send <laughs> out on our track Christmas suits card. that we buy. Yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. We're going to yep. need a we're going to need a tracksuit Y'all fund. Y'all would do that for free. Yeah, but if we get we get This is Yeah, like if we're ever up there, but if but if we can make it like a stretch yeah. goal on Patreon, like if we hit this much money, let's exactly. let they them can pay buy for it. our tracksuits and our plane tickets. I think this might be a thing. I think from now on, we're going to show up kind of like UMS where you have, you know, the gimmick when you're at shows. Oh, man. I think- don't don't be like, hey, we're going to do stuff like you, <laughs> except uh, in our own fucking dork ass fucking uh, no, fake we're just- mafia. <laughs> goddamn. Yeah, yeah that's just exactly. Like we're me. doing yeah, the, uh, the tracksuits and uh, just, gold you know. chains. Oh yeah, God. me, Blake, and JB. We're the only. It's just gonna be me, yeah. Blake, and JB dressing tracksuits. What's wrong with that? I'm gonna wear a full. What do nuns wear? I'm gonna wear a habit we're from just, now on. We're just trying to celebrate this thing of ours. Yeah. Just a show I mean, from HBO that's like 20 years old. <laughs> God damn. Anyway, do whatever the fuck you want. I'll, I'm gonna follow y'all on Patreon. I, I don't want my money going to that, you guys. I, I just think as a pimp myself, I really just can't condone. <laughs> This level of uh, chicanery and nonsense. Can I at least get a gold chain? JB, you can you can wear a gold chain, but it's got to be like fake gold, so your neck gets all fucking blue and brown <laughs> no, and shit. No. That's that's the no. real the real gutter way no, is no, to no, no, wear no, no, jewelry no. that stains your skin all. We fucked go up all and green. full gold plated, baby. 
Yeah. So even though MS said it would be a simp move for us to wear track suits, look out for some pimps in yeah, track suits. I, you on know, the actually, show we Josh next Pettinger year. to wear a track suit, I'm sure. Pettinger's not wearing a damn. Pettinger's like, I bet you Pettinger's not in comics. No, nah, he's going to wear. Well, that's sure. Fine. But he will wear a track suit. Dude, he's British. So? There's no fucking way he's not going to wear a track suit. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's fair. What'd you say, MS? I said he's gonna be he's gonna be animating for Adult Swim if he's not already. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Pettinger's out. Is he still he's doing out. animation? It's been nice knowing you, brother. You know, I just want to say that the idea of getting <laughs> guys to wear tracksuits as being some sort of like impossible thing. Are we going to Adidas or Puma? I'm looking through our Discord, and every one of these motherfuckers. I don't know, dude. I don't think suit. they would commit to the game like that. They're not serious. J. Ro Lantigua. Like oh, J. Ro. He's for a real sure one. Would. Yo, J. Ro. Fucking... Go on Fashion Nova, men. If one of y'all's too tall, just give yourself a little like dick room with a fucking utility knife. Nice. I don't. I don't. So I'm. It's not a big ask. You what you got you got all the fucking uh women women and non-binary people of comics wearing fucking overall <laughs> motherfucking romper motherfucking <laughs> uh, like goddamn fucking pantsuit looking uh, like slipknot shit. You got it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just go on fashion over men. I'm and, pretty sure. And we're going to have to get we, what, Wait, what if we started wearing those uh New Japan new, track suits? Young, yeah, that'd be sick too. But here's the thing, we're going to need two track suits each cuz some of these shows are too days and we can't be showing up in the same shit oh yeah we cannot yeah, yeah. and then if we start doing three-day shows oh boy, uh, we'll just do to... load of laundry at the hotel fuck that just you can, turn you it can into half for the All second right. day no you, what you do is you get black because oh. you can be like oh i got two black track suits and people would buy that because you know black's a pimp color that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. It's are we all going, the colors. Are we going Puma or Adidas? We can. Oh, that's a good question. Whichever is comfier. I think we should go. I think Adidas is like back on the map. So I think we should go Puma. So we look a little more obscure. No, I'm just fucking around. Ooh. I really don't care about either. I think they both look cool. But I definitely want to do the tracksuit thing at all shows. Yeah. Yeah. I know for sure that fucking Beef Jam boys will definitely want to get on that uh, tracksuit plan. Yeah. I'm we'll trying see. to imagine Tyrell in that outfit. Ty- Tyrell. Okay. <laughs> Tyrell in like a very. Very loud and brash outfit. <laughs> I've never met that guy. He started following me on Twitter. I followed him too. He's but a very sweet it, man. Yeah, but I, but Terrell's great. Yeah, I can't he's imagine friends with him all my friends. So entertaining some kind of nonsense like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got a much more mild mannered podcast. If anyone's interested in more uh, level headed, classy takes. What? So a podcast by losers is uh, no. I'm just joking. People are not going <laughs> downloading podcast episodes for like well thought out. <laughs> discourse yeah the I only reason think. why we even have a following is because we just talk reckless yeah people love that yeah. they like the spectacle of a car crash yeah actually there was a guy somebody sent us a video uh there was a guy who did like a review of 2020 in comics and i'm pretty sure that we got a shout out on it without him saying it he was just like cartoonist kayfabe continues to be lame and ignore the criticism from real cartoonists and somebody a listener sent that to our account and i was like oh they might be talking about us i don't know Hard to say anymore. Yeah, hard to say. A yeah. light subtweet. <laughs> yeah, right, right. From a from an unknown man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I come on the podcast that nominates me for Pimp of the Year, and I just talk endless <laughs> shit about hell, y'all. Hey, this is on brand. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's your that's your reward. Yeah, you get to just. I get to talk flagrantly about people. Yeah, that I can't I love wait till you about. announce your book deal, and we can have you on the Patreon. I, it's it's like when you're when you're grand father gets drunk on thanksgiving and you just let him mouth off and you're like 
can't say anything. Yeah. 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 And then he shits himself. Yeah. <laughs> falls asleep That's in us. it. <laughs> yeah, falls, says some problematic words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were uh, in the Discord. We were talking about, you know, the best table mates you've ever had. And Carly and I were talking about how sick Cake was, but how it was just pretty much like the problematic loud corner of the weekend when we oh, were all there. We were so fucking oh, annoying. Yeah. It was just yeah. me and Carly eating fucking cold spaghetti and mini Oreos while JB laid on the floor. Yeah. The it was whole sick. time. Oh. Yeah, the entire two day show yeah. I was just on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. People would just quietly put money in my pocket while I was sleeping. Yeah, it was sick. I can't wait for shows to come back. Fuck. Like, I just miss... Shows are back, baby. Yeah, they're, I, I think they're coming <laughs> back uh, as long as we all get... I don't know, man. Yeah, I think, I, I think I think fall 2021, you'll start to see your first few shows. I don't know if I'll be at them, but I'll definitely be at shows in 2022 at this rate. This intro is going to make no goddamn sense. No, not at all. There's like so, no rhyme uh... or reason to it. <laughs> there's no, there's like no order or like consistency at all. No. It's just, we're just talking. It's like we're the old talking. shit. It's like the, the ones that MS, this, yeah. MS told us to fix our show by doing what we do now. And then we just completely went off the rails when they came back. So yeah, yeah. Your feedback was ignored for your sense. return. But Sounds about right. Yeah. So what have you all learned uh, from 2020? What was your biggest takeaway from this year? And it can be any, it can be about anything. It can be about your comics, yeah. your work, the stuff you read, whatever. Doesn't matter. Unemployment fucking rocks. Socialism, America needs to happen. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I really don't have anything that I took away from this year. It was actually a really not so busy year for me from a making comics standpoint. So I don't really have anything I could weigh in on that with. Damn. Okay. What about you, MS? I mean, it's kind of like the, uh, yeah, I mean, I had a good year in the sense of I stayed healthy and the people that I cared about did okay and we we got through. I, I came on I out. came on here in the spring and told everyone to stop freaking the fuck out and uh, I don't I don't know how well that's aged, but uh I think the the uh <laughs> The virus is isn't is, real. Is that the Twitter rant no, you went on? No, uh, or is there no, another one? I, well, I just told everyone to stop fucking, stop fucking acting. Doom scrolling and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's more than one Twitter rant I've seen you go on. Just, just for the record, <laughs> I, this is this is coming off as like a second Twitter rant uh, that I wasn't thinking about earlier. So, uh, just want to go back to that. Yeah. I mean. Well, what? Okay, so COVID happened. I told everyone to fucking make your comics because this is the time to do it. A good chunk of the community got some unemployment money. A good chunk of people put out a bunch of really good minis, put a bunch of really good, like, you know, just kind of stilts to start a book going. I put out a book that I was really proud of. It sucked that I didn't get to tour it. It sucked that I didn't get to see everybody that I wanted to see. I made work that ultimately I'm really proud of, though, and I, I made shit that I... I fucking care about and now I'm 30 pages into my third book so hell yeah I think the message what's the title of the new one do you it's know it's gonna be called can you give us a scoop it's gonna be called time under tension so it's gonna be a little bit longer in desperate okay. pleasures but we're already figuring out who's gonna publish it big announcement's gonna come soon but the message for me the gutter boys inaugural pimp of the year of such a horrible year is do what the fuck you're gonna do do what you're put on the earth to do 
I'm here to make comic books. Keep doing the thing that's working. If it's not working, get the fuck off of the ship. Do what works. Don't make excuses next year. Don't tell yourself the same story that isn't fucking helping you. Do the thing that makes the most sense and make sure that the people that you love know that you love them because ultimately it doesn't matter how many comics you make people around you are the most important. So that's a very simp message coming from the biggest pimp, but that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, you just went, uh, you're no longer the pimp of the year after that. But <laughs> You went from pimp to, to simp real quick. Who's the second pimp? Who's the Who's the one who, who's the runner-up? Who's the runner-up up? Up of pimp? pimp? Oh, I mean, that's done and dusted. You burned the Excel sheet? The pimp, yeah, the it's p- gone. results yeah. are out? Uh, I'm going to go, uh, second pimp of the year is Blake Sims. I would glad. Okay, yeah. Blake, you're now the because pimp of the year. I'm gonna take my crown. You, you off. know the the, the Lil Wayne, <laughs> the, the Lil Wayne line, real G's moving silence like lasagna. That's Blake Sims. Oh yeah, yeah, Blake is lasagna. He's he's moving. Y'all don't even know yet, but he's moving. I I would gladly give uh, Blake my crown of pimp of the year. And that every time <laughs> I every time I talk online with Blake, uh, it, it's the most blurry video chat that I've seen. <laughs> In yeah. this new millennium, and he's always smoking, and it's always nighttime. So yeah, yeah. Oh, man. that's a oh, real man. pimp. Yeah, oh shit, I'm just chilling, man. I'm watching uh, Columbo. Big shirt uh, pimp. <laughs> Hell yeah! All right, should we take it home, JB? Yeah. Yeah, happy yeah, new should. year to you, uh, the Gutter Gang. Well, I was going to say, I still have to list my 2020 uh, predictions. No, my... Um, well, okay, I got 5% battery, I so oh, I can't, right, I can't course, entertain yeah. this. So I'm a, you're going to just need to text me this later. <laughs> Damn it. All right. <laughs> All right, just All listen. Right. All right. Well, that'll, I'll that, see you guys do next it. year. What? <laughs> have a good new year, you guys. Happy new year. Bye. Bye. All right, JB, I do want to hear about your uh, your thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) This is okay. So uh, what I walked away with from 2020, the comic industry's broken. Yeah. And it's not because of the Chinese virus. Okay, comes from China. Uh, It's definitely because comics is just broken. Yep. I've learned that during a global pandemic, you get Godspeed. Fuck you, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. For the most part, from from the federal government. That mm-hmm. that was cool. Uh, shout out to my former employers. I hope you all burn in hell forever. Yeah. I learned that you have to have a deranged mind to make comics. I think MS can agree with this. Mm-hmm. Because uh, she's pretty deranged. Twisted. <laughs> oh, they're still there? <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The most demented. The tw- most twisted yeah. cartoonist. And, <laughs> and uh, oh, and I also learned that I just can't do thumbs. I just can't draw thumbs. I, I can only do pencils and that's it. So are you going to just stop thumbing? Well, in order to stop thumbing, I need to have started thumbing. Oh, you never did it. Okay. I never thumbed and I tried doing it this year and it just turned into pencils so yeah not yeah it's just it's a waste of time for me i don't know why just my, my brain doesn't let me work that way i was able to finish a bunch of projects this year and unfortunately i would say like 75 percent of it no one's really ever going to see um anytime soon probably mm. for a while but that's just the nature of comics i guess and I'm just glad that we are going to have a gutter magazine and that we're going to have a Patreon. So I don't feel so stupid doing this fucking show. Yeah, because, yeah, we don't need to be doing this shit for free. <laughs> no, no one should be doing anything for free. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, even if we weren't getting paid for, for this show, which we are not right now. Mm-hmm. 
as of the recording of this. I still think it's been a great year for Gutter Boys in general. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. We've been making some good work for the most part. We had on some really great guests and we've also grown the, the listenership and the sort of weirdo small press circle of uh, friends that we've made. Yeah. Uh, by doing this. So, and you know, granted, we already had a weirdo circle of friends in small press because we make comics, but now it's a little more than prior to that. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, what I'm what I'm trying to say, I you're guess, thankful is that for I'm, the connections that you've made through the show this year. I'm thankful for the show. Yeah, I'm thankful me for too. everyone that listens to this show. Yeah, drop in the fucking like you know the gutter boy creed. No, yeah, like know. personality, what? whatever the the shtick. I really am thankful for everybody that listens and you know posts in the Discord and chops it up with us on social media and you know if we didn't grow the show this year, I don't even know if we'd still be doing it. <laughs> JB, uh, yeah, we probably would be doing it just not as often. Yeah, once a month, and like not we were for a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, uh, we try to stay regular for you all. I think the listenership has grown a lot more than I anticipated this year. So I guess that's a benefit of the pandemic. But no, I echo your same thoughts on just yeah, this has been a, a good year for us. I'm definitely appreciative of all the uh, listeners and even the haters. Even the haters, yo, the yeah. haters. Thank you. Yeah, thank from you. me to you. Thank mm-hmm. you for being a bitch. Yep. Thank you. You're the biggest simp of the year. <laughs> we're, we're all laughing at you. Yep. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm I'm really looking forward to 2021, and I think we're going to be able to do a lot of really great stuff. If shows happen again, we will likely be doing live shows, which will be interesting. Yeah, wait until you see the uh, Gutter Boys interviewing uh, Ed Pisker on an SPX stage. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Oh, no way. That's a no show for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would uh, not. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking forward to what we do. And uh, hopefully, hopefully the people listening to this are excited too. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see, I guess. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you just hate listening to us. Yeah, you know? because, uh, you know, we're the only place that talks about the comics you like. I do think it's funny that, like, there's been a couple times this year, well, either in the DMs or, like, publicly on the story that yeah, that's usually like, how they I didn't think I would their, like this podcast, but like, I actually I do. I would uh, give a shit about this. <laughs> or, like, uh, it took me, like, seven episodes to like this show, but I finally yeah. do. And, hey, you're the real one. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for sticking through. That's what I, every time somebody says that. Yeah, thanks for punishing yourself to enjoy a fucking comic book podcast. Yeah, straight up. Anytime somebody like mentions that, I'm like, hey, thanks yeah, for wow, sticking through really and giving it a yourself. shot. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, you played yourself. I guess we should move on to uh, the next half. We're going to take a quick break here, but our guest Patrick Sparrow will be with us, and uh, we're going to talk some some comic shit with him. Our our Canadian boy Patrick Sparrow. From everyone in the Gutter Gang, we all want to wish you a, a happy new year. God knows we could all use it. And we, we very much look forward to uh, staying gutter yep. in 2021. I'm just trying to get canceled. We'll be right back. Now is your chance to save the city with Turbo Man. Fight against crime with America's favorite superhero, along with his awesome turbo gear, like the trusty Turbo Ring, Turbo Discs, and the Turbo Disc Launcher. And the Roaring Jetpack, complete with ballistic sound. And best of all, four turbo phrases, including... It's turbo Time! Turbo Man. Available exclusively at Walmart. Separately, batteries not included. Come on, next one in line. It would kill him to say ho, ho, ho. You 
were just here. I was not. Yeah, you were. You were on my lap five minutes ago. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. Now you're going on Santa's list and you're getting nothing. Fuck you, Santa. Now, back to our program. Okay, we're back from our break, and we are joined by Patrick Sparrow over in uh, Canada. Hey! He's uh, the creator of The Peeper Creeper, and is also creator of a recent uh, collaboration with Nate McDonough. The book is called Cosmic Surfer. Patrick was nice enough to send out a copy to us, and it kicks ass. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. That's kind of you to say. That's like entirely because of Nate. <laughs> I don't know, no, man. Yeah, was, both of uh, them yeah. were. Yeah, both uh, sides were sick. But Nate is sick. He's one of my favorite like working cartoonists right now. The output of work that dude has is ridiculous. It's absurd. That yeah. guy has close to a hundred books under his belt right now. Did you fucking <laughs> Jesus know that? Yeah, I'm no, not I didn't even know. kidding you. Like he's been working so hard, like the last ten years straight. Yeah, it's like I ordered those Grixley issues, and it's like it's got. I think it's in the eighties, seventies, something like that. That's crazy. Yeah, so. the last issue I got, I think, was fifty something. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely up there, even if it's not in the eighties. He's definitely like I haven't done. I don't even think I've put out twelve books, and that guy will have like put out twelve books in twenty twenty, probably. I was gonna say by the time this episode airs. <laughs> well, yeah, and yeah. I've got I've got books by Nate that aren't Grixley as well. So yeah, it's probably definitely over a hundred. Yeah, like he has his new book, uh, it's like a horror comic called House of the Eyeball, and he's just steadily pumping out, uh, he does these comics, it's like a series about him collecting and selling comics online called Long Boxes, which, yeah. have you guys Ooh. read those? Yeah, it's no. awesome, they're hilarious. They're really good, yeah. yeah, just stories about him and his like travels and collecting, and just the sort of weird minutia that comes with like collecting comics and reading comics and dealing with people in comics like he, he like uh sells comics for a living on ebay so it's like about all the collectors Whoa. that he meets uh, and yeah, shit like, like in, when he's like buying stuff so yeah <laughs> it's all pretty the douchebags cool. that try to sell him long boxes that's just like 250 copies of spawn number one <laughs> yeah <laughs> which are like awesome he gave me a couple one pager things to draw for his long box series and like in the time that it's taken him like he did 16 pages of that surfer book and i haven't even finished my one page for his long box series because that's like the rate at which i work and the rate at which he works which is insane <laughs> i told him i wanted to have him on the show one day so hopefully sooner than later we can get him on here because he's you yeah. should definitely get him on and like the guy is like he's really earnest and like really funny and sincere yeah like he's so, uh, he's in pittsburgh right he is in pittsburgh yeah. yeah i met him it's like so funny to think back about like 2019 like it was like a million years ago but i met him in october of 2019 because i was doing the pittsburgh scene fair and yeah he was just like the nicest cat and like gave me a bunch of books and like hung out with me and offered to put me up for the night and his girlfriend was really sweet too and ever since then we just like stayed in touch and like kicked back and forth like different ideas and just talked bullshit about comics and yeah he's just like a really like great guy like i i like yearn to see him again and miss him even though i've technically only physically met him in person once but like fast forward a year from when we met and like 
we have a book together and it's done and out and it's pretty awesome you know my stuff aside like whatever like i feel like once i get my shit done and out there it's like i couldn't care about it anymore like i'm not too keen on it but like his half of the book that he did really like reinvigorated like my love for the idea because like he takes this stupid like one-dimensional idea of like a surfer parody and like in like the 16 pages that he tacked on to what i did he gives it these weird layers of like domestic abuse and like stockholm syndrome and like alcoholism <laughs> which is just like whoa because i just gave him like a very like thin plot breakdown to follow and he did a lot with that very quickly and like very very good so yeah definitely get nate on the show he's awesome yeah we gotta do that i mean i wasn't familiar with his work before getting uh, cosmic surfer but oh. yeah, we, we definitely need to have him on and I'll, I'll yeah, have to man. look more at his work too. Yeah, I know uh, MS is like really tight with them too. So um, I think they click around. But oh. um, well, in that case, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his, he does a lot of like autobio stuff <laughs> too. And it's like one of the few guys that is like autobio stuff that isn't like really pretentious or anything. Ah, okay. Now, the best drawing uh, of the year, I thought, was he posted one that was like a bunch of like uh, trash trucks dumping pages into a landfill and it was like 2020 <laughs> stay at home art. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's so good. He did a weird series of drawings too that was just minions from Despicable Me. But yeah. Like, in really weird, bizarre situations like, like, it's like, weren't they like eating each other's like, asses? Yeah, they're, like, eating each other's asses, and, like, there's, like, some really graphic and explicit stuff, but, like, at no point in time does his artwork seem like it's, like, I don't know. Like, a lot of other people would do the exact same thing, and I would just think it's, like, okay, lowbrow, like, humor, like, trying to get a reaction, but, like, him, and maybe it's just because I know him, there's, like, a layer to it where I feel like he's, like, examining <laughs> this weird, like, middle-aged mom love of, like, minions <laughs> in the scope <laughs> of his perverted artwork. Because, like, I don't know if either of you have, like, family friends that are, like, older ladies that have, like, some sort of bullshit Despicable Me icon picture on Facebook, but, like... <laughs> I mean, that, I have that's a the capacity that I see that in usually. Yeah. I have a Minions Bullet Club shirt. <laughs> that's pretty that's, wacky. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Is that because you love Minions or because you just love wrestling? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a drawing from Nate of the uh, hamburger helper guy eating out an oven mitt. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's amazing. That like the craft good. and the technique in it, it's amazing. Like I'll, I can, I, I posted it on my Instagram, but um, I'll, uh, yeah, I can show y'all. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. Yeah, that guy does great stuff, whether he's doing like quick sort of like not very finesse, but like sort of like cool primal sketch work or just like the stuff that he really does a lot of time and effort into the rendering it's great either way what he does what was the other fucking thing he did recently too he did like a, a mom and a dad so it was like the under armor logo if it was like a douchebag dude wearing under armor and like the under armor logo if it was his douchebag girlfriend and they were pushing a little under armor logo baby in a carriage and they were just like swearing at each other and like one guy's the dad's drinking a monster energy drink like he, he does all this hilarious artwork too that just like makes fun of people that drink monster energy drinks and like you know have bumper stickers on their fucking truck and thin blue line t-shirts it's just, there's a lot of, like, weird, I guess, I don't know if you call them, like, Americanisms or, like, tropes that he sort of, like, flips on their head. Have you, oh my god, you guys have to read his, uh, Thin Blue Line book. That book's incredible. Oh, yeah, That's, I haven't like, actually checked that one out. Yeah. I've read in, like, the last, like, 
fucking 10 years. It's so funny and so weird. Just like these two cops that are policing each other in this weird like post-apocalyptic wasteland. And like the dialogue is so stupid. It's like two little kids like pretending to play cops and robbers on a playground. But it's these two surly, aggressive, middle-aged men with guns. And it's like real, but surreal and fucking odd. But it's really good. You guys got to read that book like now. (laughs) I... I, (laughs) Give that book to, like, everybody that comes over and starts looking at my comic collections. Like, read this. This is fucking crazy. It's so weird. Yeah, I'll check that one out. I've, I'll, uh, next time I order from him, when he puts something out, I'll, uh, throw that in the cart. Yeah. Especially, yeah. too, with all this, like, bullshit with, you know, cops and police brutality and Thin Blue Line Punisher logo garbage. It's been, like, really ramping up over the last year. Like, that book is so much more poignant and funny right now. Yeah, well, you know, we have a, our buddy Blake has been working on a book. I think we talked about it before, but it's... <laughs> It's very in in kind of in line to that, but I feel like it reappropriates you know the Punisher in a I would say more meaningful way, uh, oh, where he man. just uh, kills all the child peddlers, the <laughs> Jeff Epstein people. Oh man, that sounds fun. Yeah, uh, so that and it looks amazing too. But uh, I'm I'm, st- I'm still waiting for that to get in my hands so I can actually read it. That's the sort of thing that if I was, like, perusing around, like, a zine fair or, like, a comic show, if I saw that on the table, I'd be like, yoink, this is coming with me, like, immediately. Oh, yeah, 100%, same. Yeah, that just sounds, like, so fun. (laughs) It's, like, so whack. Every time I see someone with, like, a Punisher tattoo or, like, a Punisher t-shirt, like, it used to be like, oh, cool, you like comics, let's talk about some shit, but now it's just like... Stay the fuck away from me. No, no, you're just, yeah... You're like some Do not look that at me. Like Zero Dark Thirty, and like you probably drink too much Monster Energy drink, and like maybe you have friends that are cops, or maybe you are a cop, and it's just like so perverse. Like it was already like a, it's the things like a death's head is what it is. Yeah. Like if you just strip the logo away from what the Punisher is, like it's a shade away from what like Nazis wore on their uniforms, and we put it on a superhero in the seventies. Yeah. Well, and and to you know the creators of Punisher's credit, he was never intended to be a superhero or an anti-hero or anything like that. He is straight up a criminal who kills people. Yes, yes. And he admits that. Like, it's not like yeah. a new thing. 100% he does. And like he, I think on more than one occasion in the comics, is like, you know, denounced the type of people that wear the Punisher emblem as, you know, a symbol of... Because, like, what are cops wearing it as? Is it, like, a symbol of, like, defiance or, like, a symbol of, like, unity, the brothers in blue type thing? Like, it's so whack either way because... I, I mean, I don't think they think about it much beyond Punisher badass. Yeah, I, I think it probably really is just that. I think you're right. Like, they could imbue it with as much phony meaning as what they want to, but... Right. Yeah, it's probably I the don't, same as... I don't see them in intellectualizing that too much, to be No, honest. no, no, which is, like, <laughs> they you probably should think about that before you put that on your uniform because it's like one thing to have it on your truck or on a t-shirt but that's a fucking policeman's uniform like that's insane and like yeah. cops yeah. have put it on their cars like, yeah and and yeah u.s military like you know yeah well they'll have it they on, borrowed on it there. from the military like that was all yeah. that fucking american sniper dude i can't remember what his name is but uh, who cares he's movie. dead <laughs> yeah, okay cool fuck him <laughs> who cares he's dead and he posthumously <laughs> lost a legal battle <laughs> against jesse ventura <laughs> Is that legit? That yeah. happened? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, because in his book, he claims that Jesse Ventura was at a bar that he was at, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess he was tired of Jesse Ventura, like, disrespecting the troops, even though Jesse was a veteran, and he- Yeah, dude, you ever watched Predator? Like, 
Yeah, yeah. Walk the fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Right. Based on true events, right? Yeah, it is. And in the book, he claims that he knocked out Jesse Ventura for like talking down to the troops or whatever, but that it never, it totally made, he made it up. Like the whole, mm. the whole thing happened in his mind. Uh, yeah. And so Jesse Ventura, of course, sued the fuck out of him. And, That's uh, brother. Oh yeah, 100%. And then he, you know, he died getting shot by, um, I believe another veteran. And <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> and, and then his wife, I think was responsible for his, you know, his wealth that he had amassed from his shitty book full of lies and <laughs> and so yeah i believe jesse won that battle and got a got a nice paycheck for it so it was just like uh you remember that whole scandal with that million little pieces book with the oprah book club how it all turned out to be bullshit for like drug addicts but it's like that with people in the military yeah pretty much the same yeah. i mean it's all pyramid scheme <laughs> that's all it is it's all, all it just is. a means to sell kitchen knives and tupperware from housewives pretty much yeah it's just the, a variation of the same thing yeah, it's not a pyramid scheme. It's a reverse triangle wealth <laughs> Dodecahedron uh, scheme. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, – segueing into, you know, your, your work, uh, I did want to <laughs> talk to you a little bit about, you know – I mean, if we're talking about wacky stuff, your comics tend to lean towards the wacky and absurd. Uh, yeah, that's – I guess so, that's the uh, quote-unquote brand, bro. Yes, sir. <laughs> Aren't you, like, tired of people saying that, too? Like, this is my brand. Like, how many times have you heard that? Oh, we say it all the time. Yeah. You guys are pieces of shit. (laughs) (laughs) People say that, too. So, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. No, uh, you know, usually we use it in a mocking manner whenever, you know, we're talking about branding. Okay, good. But, yeah. Good. If you say I don't think I don't think we've ever had oh someone God. on the show genuinely talk about branding in any sort of legitimate serious way. Yeah, have yeah. we? Can? No, I, I hear that and like if sometimes. we are even semi-serious about <laughs> saying we have a brand, it's just like we'll allude to us just being dickheads, being like, "Well, I guess that's our brand," because <laughs> you know. Okay, yeah. so I can get on board with that then. If it's a fucking joke, then yeah. But yeah. Every time you Go say, on. every time you use uh, branding terminology, Ed Pisker gains another fan. <laughs> so don't another do it. Angel gets its wings. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So I mean, what got you into comics? Like, is it something that you've always been interested in doing, or was it something that you kind of slowly leaned into from something else? How did that pan out for you? Not that great, but not that bad. Like, did you get into it in any <laughs> I, specific? Uh, like, well, I guess what I'm asking is, like, what got you into comics in the first place? Why would any sane human being want to make comics? You, you know what I'm saying? I first started to want to make comics when I was a little kid because I could draw, and it was like one of the few things I could do like quasi well. It was a kind of a confidence booster and draw like Ninja Turtles for like friends at school and shit. And Hell yeah! Look at other comics and copy comics. So I really like that. But then like I've never been a particularly good reader. So, like, when I was a kid, like, I collected a lot of comics and had a lot of comics, but I had a hard time reading them. I'm not sure if it's because, like, I wasn't invested in the dialogue or maybe because I'm, like, quasi-dyslexic. But uh, I've come to realize, like, in recent years that, like, oh, I just, like, strips more than anything else. So, like, and those were the comics that I really absorbed when I was a kid. So, like, as much as anyone wants to make fun of, like, Jim Davis and Garfield, those are, like, the comics that, like, I really actually did sit down and read and absorb and, like, yeah. stuck with me. Yeah, same. Aesthetically, like, I did have a lot of image, like garbage bargain bin comics that like looked awesome and like they were cool but they're like more cool and awesome now in retrospect because i remember 
as a kid, like, I'd have copies of, like, Wildcats and Youngblood, and I'd kind of be like, this is okay for, like, the three-for-one comics from the grocery store, but, like, this is kind of like X-Men, but if only I could get some actual X-Men, because there were no comic (laughs) shops in the town where I lived. Little did I realize, like, years later, it's like, oh, these are all the guys that, like, drew X-Men, and that's why it looks like X-Men ripoffs. It's a very, that's a very good observation, though, to address that, like, Youngbloods and all those image books are basically, like, if you took an X-Men book, and then you, like, put it about 20 feet away from you, and you just, like, squint your eyes, that's a Youngblood book. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it's like, they were working on these things over at Marvel, and then they left Marvel, and what did they do? They just kept doing what they were doing in Marvel, but under their own banner with, like, characters that were just a little bit to the left. You know, like, instead of, like, Wolverine, it was... Badger Man. No, I don't know. (laughs) No, seriously, like, they had names like that. Like, it was, like, not that wonky to say that. But yeah, those were, like, the books that I had when I was a kid. Like, I had a lot of image stuff that was like, okay, this is, like, cool for the visuals... Because everything else is garbage, uh, and then the Garfield stuff was, was good for the. It was <laughs> good for that? humor. Garfield was weird... better than Youngblood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is, it is, it is. So like, yeah. this is like the weird stuff that's like churning through my brain as a kid, and like I wanted to draw comics then, couldn't wrap my head around it, and then I didn't really start like sitting down and trying to draw comics until I think I was in my mid twenties, because I had made friends with a couple people that were like artists in Toronto, and a couple of them had done like zine and stuff and a couple of them sort of branching off into comics i'm like oh like one person can sit down and make a whole comic and i'll try that and then yeah it took like i think probably a couple years before i ever actually had like a comic to show i don't know is this answer making any fucking sense (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it does and actually that leads me to my next question it's like so you're based out of toronto which has a a really vibrant comic scene there i mean you guys have tcaf yeah i'll be honest before you get too far into this question, I'm kind of Toronto adjacent. I'm not actually in Toronto. <laughs> oh. I know, I know, for shame. Well, that's I all, s- folks. Thanks for joining. Uh, we know, appreciate Patrick coming on the show. No, what, like, wait, where are you at then? I'm in Cambridge, Ontario, which who the fuck knows or cares where Cambridge is? Cause it's so it's like a like, suburb of Toronto. Not even, dude. Not oh. even. I'm like an hour and a half outside of the city. It's just oh, kind okay. of become easier for me just to, to say Toronto. to anyone from the States. Yeah, just to say Toronto. Because if that I say where I actually am, they don't know where I am and they don't care. If I just say Toronto, it's like, oh yeah, well, I'm within an hour of Toronto. It makes sense. But yeah, there is like a great and vibrant art scene and comic scene in Toronto. And it's awesome. And I have always felt totally to the side of it (laughs) because of where I'm located (laughs) and also kind of the content that I make because for better or for worse, uh, a lot of the comic shows that I've done, especially in Toronto, like there's not a lot of like creators there churning out lowbrow, dumb, dumb toilet humor books. (laughs) There's a lot of people that are striving for something more. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say that's more of an American thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to be honest, man, like. America, for all your follies and all the fucking madness, America's been so good to me. <laughs> yeah, we're very good at being dumb. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's odd, but like it's, I mean this in like the best way possible. This is in no way an insult, but it's a country where stupidity can be celebrated and rewarded at times. Not all the time, but sometimes. I would have like, am I wrong most in the saying time. that? No, you're not wrong. I would say most of the time. Yeah, so like the like the vast majority of my books go to the states. Whether like I yeah, just selling stuff online. Like it might be like one in every fifteen books goes to Canada. 
That's really surprising. I mean, I guess there isn't really a, like a Canadian equivalent of Johnny Ryan, right? I there probably is. I can't think of one. Cam, not that I know of. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I, think and so. That's the other thing too. Like a lot of people, a lot of people don't even realize that I'm Canadian because like I have a lot of weird jabs about like America or even just maybe just the stupidity and the lowbrow humor is more American seeming. I don't know, or maybe they're more used to American creators doing that type of thing, like what you said with Johnny Ryan. Like I could think of a few other guys that are sort of of that ilk, not just Johnny. That right? No, he's just top of the hill. I think. I yeah, think. he yeah. definitely yeah. is. Like that make blood and gore lowbrow humor books so toronto's cool <laughs> i don't feel like i fit in there i never what about have. cambridge how's cambridge treating you cambridge is fucking whatever this place is cheaper okay that's that's, that's all it has going for it it's like yeah. cheap and i'm lucky enough to actually live down the street from a comic book shop oh okay cool nice yeah it's, yeah. it's pretty sweet i got what's, a good little spot carved out for myself here what's the shop retro rocket comics now, okay. so, now people can find your house. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the plan is coming together. If you just like lurk around that shop long enough, I will appear. The guys at that store, like I, I, I used to, because I don't have distribution for my comics outside of myself. I used to make it a point to like drive to the city and bring books and like seed my books at all the different comic shops in Toronto, and then I'd fan out in the GTA and try to like get my books in stores. And I've stopped doing that. Because it was kind of a game of like, okay, well, are these going to sell or not? And am I going to have to go back and pick them up? Or am I going to have to go back and collect? And is it worth it? And whatever. And like yeah. online stuff, like luckily for me, has started to take off in the last couple of years. But like he's cool down the street at Retro Rocket. Like I will just give him books to sell if anyone wants to buy them. I don't give a shit about getting money back. And like that was the thing too, like when COVID happened and he was like trying to sell comics on the sly. I was giving him, like, a bunch of, like, original artwork and stuff. Like, hey, man, if you could, like, auction this off online, if anyone will buy this, like, sell this, like, do whatever you can. Because he's, like, a good guy. And, like, he has, like, all, like, the typical, like, big two staples that are, like, good and trash and whatever. But, like, he also, like, sees fit to have some indie titles in there. Like, he'll have fanographic stuff. And he'll have, like, some... Like, like he'll have the like, American Splendor books in there for me, you know? Like, yeah. no one else buys it. like in toronto yeah but here it's like okay well he's got this here i I better pick this up like this weird fucking like what was that book he brought in like it was just a book of like sex tips from chip zadarsky and i'm like okay i better buy this because no one else oh is it sex criminals yeah he had sex criminals but he had a book after sex criminals called just the tip Oh, okay. Where it was yeah. just like, it was just all this dumb shit, like 69 backwards with a balloon between your butt cheeks for a more erotic climax. You know, just like weird, dumb, nonsensical sex tips with like some diagrams to show what <laughs> to do. Um, and like weird, like sexy, like, well, like what are those like smutty letters that people would write to like... Oh, like the like, penthouse letters and yeah, shit. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like they had like, like faux, like mock parody penthouse forum letters so like he gets shit like that and i'm like okay i better buy this book <laughs> hell yeah because you have it and thank you for having it so are you uh like a full-time like you know freelancer illustrator cartoonist i guess artist or do you i have a daughter so no <laughs> okay <laughs> i fucking wish 
wish to God I was. <laughs> it's like I have um, I have such a good job. Like okay, when I have when I say I have such a good job, it's not like you know someone blows me for nine hours a day and tells me how awesome I am. It's like it's a fine job. I work in an office and it's whatever. Realistically, it's as good as what I could hope for, given like the complete lack of experience and education I have. But like I go in there and it kind of just does become drudgery because like oh man i just feel in my bones i should just be making comics all day and i want to just be making comics all day <laughs> yeah no it's the dream man yeah, that's a dream yeah, yeah, like, yeah. is exactly. that where you guys are at or are you guys toiling away in dank corners for the man yeah before the pandemic hit we were both employed but you know i mean i was doing like the corporate office gig for like five or six mm-hmm. years until this year but yeah, no, I'm. See, you know, are, are I don't you think guys, I'm going like, back do you feel to like that. You've been but liberated by becoming unemployed, or do you feel like one hundred percent? Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, yeah, yeah. And I think that everybody that we've had on that's come up with, like, we talk about how it's like a really fucked up thing. But like for cartoonists, like to kind of get paid on unemployment, you know, because independent contractors for the first time in America were able to get unemployment. Mm-hmm. So in theory, you know, you could be an artist for the first time and still get paid. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. So, yeah, a lot of people got to, you know, make things. I mean, they would have made them anyways, you know, but I think work harder and, you know, at a more quicker pace that, you know, they were able to dictate. Oh, that sounds so beautiful. I tasted that for like a split second, too, because we had a similar situation here in Canada with like the curb payments and everything. And like there was a while there, like so at the beginning of the pandemic, I was I I used to work as a project manager for a construction company. And about uh, probably about the time that I met Nate in October, like 2019, like after I had my daughter, I had like a weird kind of like mental break. And I had one of these like moments where it was like, fuck you, take this job and shove it. And I walked out of my job and like screamed at my boss, which was like a terrible fucking thing to do when you have a newborn child at home. It's like so irresponsible when I have all this responsibility to her and my wife. And it was just like a weird, just like a mental break that I had because like I was not in a good spot because of work and other things. So like I had that job, said fuck you, and I quit that job. And then from that job, I went to work at a fucking warehouse just so that I could keep a check coming in. And like it was the worst thing in the world. Like for as many people I know that like work in offices and hate their jobs and I've worked in offices and I've hated my jobs, it does not compare to even the best warehouse. It's crazy. But then, like, she started going bad there. And uh, I was like, fuck this, I'm out. When the pandemic started to roll around. Because, like, that place was, like, ground zero for a lot of uh, transmission for the virus. Because there was, like, a thousand people that worked at the warehouse throughout the course of, like, a 24-hour day across, like, a bunch of different shifts. I was like, I'm not being here for this. Like, this is going to be a fucking huge problem. Also, they were, like, pieces of shit. Like, complete and utter pieces of shit. It was like, oh, yeah, we have a, ther- a warehouse full of a thousand people that work here, but, like, you can't have a day off because Steve and Produce scheduled the day off already. I was like, are you fucking kidding yeah. me? He was like, no, no, we can only have, like, one person off per shift per department, so sorry. And, like, that was me That was me trying to get, like, WrestleMania weekend off, like, two months in advance. I was like, fuck you, really? <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. But yeah, like, in between that job and my current job, I was off of work for a little while, and I just was focusing on comics, and it was, like, the sweetest fucking tasting thing, because I had a little bit of that unemployment money coming in, too. And for some reason, my fucking comics were just flying, man. Maybe it's because people had stimulus money that they wanted to piss away. I don't know what it was, but, like, my comics... 
Like, it's been, like, a nice, like, slow and steady increase over the last couple years, but, like, Mm -hmm. this year they really started going, and it was fucking sweet. Like, I had to, like, take down my store a few times for fear of making too much money because I was technically on unemployment because I didn't want to get fucking dinged. I didn't want, like, the CRA to come back to me and be like, okay, we checked your fucking bank records. You made too much money while on unemployment, so give us all this money back. So I was, like, trying to, like, stagger it a little bit. Man, I was making stuff, and I was at home with my daughter, and it was, like, good because I got to be around for so many, like, firsts in her life that I wouldn't have been around for if I was, like, fucking slaving away in an office or a warehouse, like, working, like, a 12-hour shift in a freezer lugging boxes or working in an office trying to fucking negotiate trades and fucking pricing. Fuck. And, and now I'm back to working in another office in another project management role. And, like, I'm lucky that I came through the pandemic with a job. I don't know many people that got a job during the pandemic, but I did. And it's a good job, and it's a good place with good people, but there's, like, fucking this, like, part of me inside where it's just like, no, this isn't where you're meant to be. (laughs) And you'd think as I get older, I'd, like, abandon that, like so many people do, because you have children, but it's actually, like, grown bigger and louder over the last while, so. So that's something I do want to ask you, and if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, it's totally cool, but you do have a kid at home, and your work is definitely not kid friendly so like do you let your kids see your art what is that like working you know with the kid in the home assuming that your child is younger yeah. i'm getting the vibe that it's a younger child yeah though. she's my daughter her name's clementine she's cool man she's really cool hell yeah <laughs> she's dope bro like totally gets it every day 420 69 24 7 <laughs> so fucking lit bro i haven't really thought too much about the relationship between the content that i make and her perception of it because she's a little bit too young to have any real perception of it. Like, I don't think that she understands that, like, dad makes stuff yet. Like, I've sat and drawn with her and I've painted with her and it's been really, really fun. Like, of all the comic bullshit that I do right now, all of that, I hope, will just, like, pale in comparison and, like, be meaningless and the most important artwork I do now will be with my daughter finger painting. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Maybe when she gets older and she starts to realize it, like, we'll have to have a conversation about it, but I think largely it'll be like, yeah, your dad's a weirdo and this is what weirdos do. Sorry, kid, you kind of got to deal with it. Because, like, I, like, my parents, when I was a kid, I, they weren't artistic people, they didn't have, like, an appreciation for, like, books, movies, comics, or anything, really, but, like, when it came to me having an interest in it, like, they were like, yeah, okay, sure, like, whatever you want to, like, look at whatever you want to look at, which, like, totally, like, nurtured, I think, a lot of my creativity. Like, I remember when I was a kid, my mom got me, like, an art book from the thrift store, and she's like, hey, I found this thing, here you go, you like art. And, uh, there were, like, all these weird images in it of, like, old Japanese erotica and, like, French sex cartoons, And it was just like, what the fuck is this? And, like, clearly she just, like, (laughs) bought it and didn't look at it and handed it to me. But it was stuff like that where it's like, whoa, it's so bizarre. And getting to watch, like, R-rated movies (laughs) because they were busy and they both had jobs. And I don't know. Like, I feel like, too, like, maybe they were negligent or also maybe they just trusted that I was well-adjusted enough or smart enough to be able to, like, navigate that stuff young. Like, I feel like a lot of parents and adults talk down to kids and, like... Mm -hmm talk to them as if they're stupider than they are when they're not you should like really give kids more credit and trust that they can handle more than what you think that they can handle 
we'll see how that pans out for me moving forward. But that's kind of my thought process right now. <laughs> and that's the other thing, too. Like, if I'm at a show, if there is a family that comes by with, like, a mom and a dad and a couple kids, the kids are glued to my table. And because they know they're not supposed to be, because, like, there's weird, like, violence and, like, you know, sexual imagery in the comics and the prints that I sell. And the parents will be like, no, 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 no. But, like, you know, they might, like, break away from their dad a few tables away and come back to my table and like on the sly I'll be like hey psst, here's some Snickers don't let your dad see here you know it's like <laughs> kids like that it's like this kid's cool like this like trust that he can handle it trust that they you know I don't know this yeah, I'm not a parent by any means, but I keep my niece like pretty often now. Nice. And she's six and I babysit her probably like eight to ten days out of the month. And yeah. like I'll show her like, you know, movies and stuff and I'll be like, hey, this is like, you know, fake. Like and I try to talk to her because she's pretty like perceptive to stuff like that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm not a parent, but I do agree that kids are smarter than we give them credit for. I mean, yeah. I felt like I was always like, I mean, every kid I would imagine feels this way. But I mean, like, you know that you are somewhat more intelligent than your parent. I felt that I was more intelligent than i was given credit for as a child like i don't know yeah. like i just felt more yeah so i, I definitely remember feeling that but also not really being able to articulate that very well <laughs> yeah no totally yeah that's all in hindsight yeah which is kind of ironic now that i think of it yeah but, uh, yeah kids man kids are cool for the most part there's some kids that are douchebags the way that adults are douchebags <laughs> yeah for sure i mean that's a product of their environment i would like probably I would hope, you know. (laughs) Yeah, for the most part, for sure. So uh, besides the Cosmic Surfer, uh, you do a book, uh, Peeper Creeper, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Book four. Yeah, I just got the proof for it. Oh, hell yeah. Woo! So uh, when you're working, like, I mean, I know you're working a job. Do you make sure to draw, like, every day? Yeah, I try to. Do you have, like, a schedule or... I don't really have that much of a schedule. Like, I'll try to... Like, back in the day, like, before our daughter came along, and even when I was working, like, I could sit down at my desk for the whole day on a weekend, and I could draw... Like, give or take, it'll probably take me, like, maybe somewhere between four to, like, eight hours to, like, pencil, ink, edit, do text, and color a comic strip or a page. So, like, it used to be, like, yeah, I could sit down in a day and do that, but now that I have, like, my daughter, now that I have my job, like... I'll work little bits here and there on my lunch break. I'll work while she naps on the weekend. If it's like an evening where I've had another cup of coffee, maybe I'll work in the evening too. But it's just like little bits here and there. So just to try to keep some work happening. Because like I'll feel like I'm like a piece of shit if I don't draw anything for like a day or two. <laughs> Even if I just like draw for like five minutes, it's like, okay, at least this is better than not having drawn at all. And I'll have done Right, something. you flex the muscles in some way. Yeah, exactly. Like... And, like, that's the thing, too. Like, I've been drawing on my lunch break for the last two days, working on one drawing. And now I'm looking at it, I'm like, this drawing is fucking shit. And I don't want to finish it. But, like, man, I spent the last two lunch breaks here at work working on it. I don't want to not finish it because that'll have been a waste of my time. But it's, it's not really a waste of my time. But a shitty part of me feels like it is. If it's not something that's, like, good or that I see the value in. Like, in that particular image. So, yeah, I just work when I can. Does anybody in your coworkers come up and be like, hey, what are you working on? No, no one sees. No one gives a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in my own office. I'm like kind of sequestered in my office. So like no one really sees what I'm doing behind my desk or behind my computer. So nice. One of my coworkers, she started about the same time I did. She saw that I was working on comics and she's like, oh, what do you got there? And she took an interest and she was cool about it. But it also turns out, you know, she was one of the graphic designers that works where I work. 
she also like went to school for illustration and she has friends that make comics it's like okay cool like this is like the best case scenario of anyone at work finding out that I make comics and she follows me on Instagram now and it doesn't have to be weird that she sees my dick and fart cartoons because <laughs> she gets it and it's it's cool it's not her thing but she understands it and she sees the value in it whereas like other people would be like like I remember like having to like change my name on like social media platforms and like trying to like distance myself from the comic stuff online for like a minute when I was looking for a new job just like hoping like if someone googles me that they'll see Patrick Sparrow the comic artist and they'll just think like oh well, it must be a different guy <laughs> you know like I was taking like my pictures off of things and changing my name on things so it's, it's a weird thing to have to do that and I probably didn't really need to do that but I did it but with Peeper Creeper 4, you said it comes out next month. Have you just been working on that this year? Or is that something that's been, you know, in the works for quite a while? I, I do apologize. I don't know exactly when number three was released. Oh, it's fine, man. I don't think I could tell you when number three was released. <laughs> 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 okay, number three was released at the beginning of the pandemic. So Oh, okay. It, it so was, it was actually this year, yeah. Yeah, it was. So, like, I'll have uh, issues three and four out in the same year, which was just fucking awesome because like i was able to get my comic into the printer before the shutdown here where everything fucking ceased last two years in a row i got into tcaf which is like crazy mm -hmm. for me because i've been trying to get into key tcaf for like the last like 10 years and like last year i was accepted and i couldn't go because like it happened to be the same weekend where our daughter was being born i was like hey can't right. do it i'm sorry like finally after like all these years of rejection i finally got in and like it's like stringent applying for tcaf and like trying to get in like they have a seminar that they suggest that you go to before you apply to talk about the rules really? and parameters. Yeah, and I fucking went, and I got in after having <laughs> gone to the fucking seminar. Like, yeah, but it's oh, like the weirdest thing that they had that, and that they, they, at least they told people, like, what they were looking for in so many words, and, like, how to present yourself. Like, even with my dumb-ass fucking dick and fart joke comics, like, I presented it in a way that I, I guess worked for them and their criteria for creators, and I finally got in. But then our daughter was born, couldn't go which was okay. That was still like a great thing. And then the pandemic happened and obviously nothing fucking got off the ground, but I was lucky enough that I had my books out in print before TCAF, before the pandemic. And like, I was able, like so many comic creators came and was like, where the fuck did you get your books printed? How did this happen? Cause like, my book was pulled from the fucking print cure production for however long. And like, yeah, man, I don't know what to tell you. I got lucky. <laughs> I got a yeah. good printer that like doesn't really print comics for other people. It's like a company in Toronto called uh, Eva's Print Shop. They do a lot of like pamphlet work and stuff for like the government. And they do good work there too, because like a lot of the proceeds that they get from the print work that they do goes to youth shelters in the area. And oh, they wow. do a lot of work with like homeless youth and like, you know, kids from troubled homes and shit like that. Like, they're a really cool place. And I was just fucking lucky that I had a buddy that worked there. They don't do a lot of comic stuff. They did my comic stuff. And, yeah, more people should go to that print shop and get their work done there. Because, they're like, they're great people. And, like, man, probably shouldn't be saying this, but, like, they are so slow to invoice. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they really need, like, it gets to the point where I'm like, hey, man, do you guys want some money for these books? Because, like, like I'm saying, like, they're in the business of, like, printing pamphlets for, like, fucking the government or whatever it is what that makes up the bulk of their work. They don't give a shit about my, like, run of 100, 200 books. But, yeah, every once in a while, I was like, hey, you want some dough? <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the most Canadian thing I've ever heard. It's, they're, they're so great. Like, even just like that aside, like, that shouldn't be the selling point to use Eva's print shop. That place is awesome for, like, a plethora of yeah, other reasons. Yeah. I'm like, just good people well with you being in canada you know as opposed to like america canada actually has like art grants and you know they actually you know reinvest you know i don't know if it's like the government reinvests money into the arts have you ever gotten any kind of like grants or even tried to mess with any of that i have tried to mess with some of that yeah i've gotten friends i've had friends that have been lucky enough to like dip their toe into that stuff and get a grant or a bursary when they were in school i never have because i make what i make (laughs) so i feel like that (laughs) like it's one thing like if you're making like uh, art that's reflective of like the inuit culture because that's where you come from and like there's a sort of like you know visual storytelling art form that's dying out and you're trying to keep alive through like the generations like okay yeah we'll throw all the fucking money at that as they should but then i come along with my dick and fart comics (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to enrich canadian culture (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. basically when i've applied for those and i applied for one recently too it was like a micro grant through the city of kitchener it's just like okay guess what you might not like them they might not be for you but they make some people somewhere laugh and that's a value, whether it's a value to you or not. <laughs> it's a value to someone. <laughs> so maybe toss a dime my way because you got a couple. If not, fine. <laughs> that's kind of how the applications <laughs> go nowadays. I don't know if it's still a thing, but for so many years, we had an excellent program for music funding in Canada. I think it was called Factor, where you could apply for grants from the Canadian government to get money for your recording or your pressing or producing your album. Because I used to play in bands when I was younger, and we'd always, like, try to do that shit. But, like, there were some bands that got funding from the government of Canada, and it was just like, wow, like, really? Like, this band? Like, I'm not sure, like, what sort of music you guys are into, but if you know, like, Cursed or The Swarm, bands like that. Yeah, Cursed was sick. They yeah, were, like, Cursed. weren't they, like, a really heavy band? So and they were, fucking heavy. So many bands that have I'm not familiar. There, were their records like the one, two? Curse. They were like numbers. Yes. Okay, yes, yeah. We're talking were, about yeah, that, yeah. JB. You, you might like that band. They're fucking sick. All right, I'll check them out. Yeah. yeah the only would, Canadian bands so I know cool. that are heavy are like all the black war metal stuff. I'm from Louisville, and they oh, play yeah. here all the time with Breathe the Resist. So yes, Breathe oh, the Resist. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. You're from fucking Louisville, so you know Breathe the Resist and Coliseum and Young Widows and Black Cross yeah. and all those guys. Yeah, and they would tour endlessly with... So it was Cursed, and then it went to become Burning Love. The singer's been in a bunch of, like, staple Toronto metal and hardcore bands. They got funding from Factor in Canada to do a couple of their albums, So, which wow, is, like, okay. awesome. It's, it's like pretty sick, yeah. satanic fucking pagan imagery and just, like, the heaviest crushing music. They got funding through the government of Canada. There's some other weird bands that got funding, too. Like, metal bands, weird bands. It's like, that's fucking awesome. So, yeah, we do have programs like that. They're great. I wish there were more of them. All countries should have things like that. All people should just have a higher vested interest in the arts in general, like everywhere, because like this is stuff that enriches people's lives, whether it enriches your life or not. <laughs> like it yeah, makes someone totally. happy and feel good. That's why it's like so weird to go into people's homes and they got like IKEA fucking artwork. Like fuck you. Like find an <laughs> artist, find a painting, like get something like real that someone made. I don't know. Well, yeah, the U.S. has a mantra. If it, if it doesn't, like, assist in, you know, global dominance in any way, there's really no point in putting money into it. So, 
But that's the other thing, too. Like, uh, you could say that about America, and it's totally true. But also, when you look at, like, American pop culture through the years, how many countries look to you as, like, a leader in, like, music, in, like, filmmaking, in the arts, whether or not there's any fiscal reward for it, like... That's just the American spirit, brother. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Like, all the best, like, there's great Canadian bands, yeah, but if you play the numbers game and look at all the people that are in America and all the bands that have come out of America and all the movies that have come out of America, there's far better American movies or American bands than what there are Canadian bands. Really, artists from anywhere else in the world. Like, America's dope. <laughs> it's just, yeah. uh, you gotta, America's gotta get out of America's own fucking way some of the time. I mean, yeah. if I'm being honest, you could have all of our American directors as long as we keep Cronenberg. So you tell me I get Michael Bay. Oh yep. wait, I can't have Christopher Nolan because he's British. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's that's England's problem, not yours <laughs> or mine. And fuck that dude. <laughs> His movies fucking suck. Fuck I don't know that, why anybody likes this that shit. <laughs> it's in like every trailer. It's like I get it, man. Your movies, they're. Yeah, I understood inception but it wasn't entertaining okay it's just it's not great it's just no he's uh, very boring and i don't even know what that new one's about tenant i can't I even care. tell what it's about i, don't, yeah. it's, it's I, don't I can pretty much guess what it is it's a high concept made boring that's what it is <laughs> yeah yeah they just wrote it to death you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like yeah it basically looks to me like he got his hands on like a script for like Time Cop and just Noland it up. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just made it yeah. completely not entertaining. Like I tried watching yeah. Interstellar because obviously there's no new movies coming out, and I was that bored during the pandemic. And I'm like, man, this is just like contact, but not entertaining. I just fucking I'm out of this. <laughs> like, yeah, I get the space and the science of it, and it's yeah, I'm sure it's well researched and well written, but it's also just dry and not entertaining, man. There's good movies. And then there's entertaining movies, and then there's good entertaining movies. It's kind of like a weird Venn diagram. And his movies... Are none of those things. I don't really feel like... Yeah. <laughs> they are to someone, but not me. It's certainly not entertaining. The worst kind of people. The worst kind of movie viewers. Oh, man. Just everyone that was all like, Oh, did you understand Inception? Was it? Did you see Inception? It's like, yes. I, oh, you must not have understood Inception. Shut you don't up. understand cinema. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cinema. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, oh, uh, so we got a couple questions. So before we get into that, though, I do have a couple more questions for you. Okay, Cam, sure. did you have any questions? No, go ahead. Okay, going back on uh, Peeper Creeper, how did that relationship with Adult Swim play out? They don't return my calls or emails anymore. So that's how it played out. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't know. Were no, they... well, I... Yeah, yeah. I'm... I mean, for any anyone that's listening that maybe doesn't know what happened, could you kind of lay out how that played out? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's like some weird things that came of that, and like it's just weird how that all did happen. So Adult Swim, there's like Adult Swim, the television production side of the company, and there's Adult Swim, the internet side of the company. And I was lucky enough to be able to do some comics for AdultSwim.com, the internet side of things. Like uh, James Quigley's done comics for them, Johnny Ryan's done comics for them, like a bunch of like awesome underground cartoonists, like big and small, have done comics for them. Well, he had an office at Cartoon Network. What was that? Johnny Ryan had a had an office at Cartoon Network for a while when he was working on Man uh, Goat guy. Pig, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right yeah look if he can do it you can do it is all i'm saying anyway continue so I, I, I think the fucking he got into cartoon network and they might just be like okay we had one guy like this and then never again i don't know that that's necessarily true if he could do it that i could do it but i could still keep trying to do it but yeah exactly, uh, exactly. i was lucky enough that uh so like 
my first brush with Adult Swim was a few years ago. They had this thing where they would put like a piece of artwork on their uh, page. Like maybe it was just like a drawing of a hand or like half a face. And they would ask people to um, finish it. And I did one of those where like I did this weird cacophony of like dick snakes and like psychedelic monster creatures that were all just like eating one another based off of one of their images that they had posted where it was just like finish this picture and I just put it on the comment section on the post on their social media and from then I was really lucky because a bunch of fucking people that didn't know who I was started a hashtag give Patrick a job and they were like fucking harassing Adult Swim to give me a job based off of this piece of artwork that I had posted. And Adult Swim couldn't acknowledge the artwork or repost the artwork because it was full of fucking dicks. Like for <laughs> as crude and weird as Adult Swim are, they have to cross the line somewhere. But like through that, like I got a bunch of positive reinforcement from Adult Swim fans, which was cool. And I got to talk to someone at Adult Swim and be like, hey, you saw the artwork. How about it? Not really sure how to fucking pivot from a bunch of drawings of dicks in the comment section of their posts to, hey, give me a fucking job running a cartoon show. So they were like, yeah, we got nothing to do with that, but thanks for the drawing. And they sent me a bunch of free shit, which was nice. And it was funny, too, because like that drawing thing, like it was for a contest. And like, I didn't actually win the contest. They just sent me a bunch of shit and they were nice to me anyways. And that was cool. And then I think maybe like a year year and a half later that's when i like realized that they had the adult swim comics side of things happening with their um adultswim.com and it, it's funny because like what i just said about adult swim that whole occurrence where like people were putting my name in a hashtag trying to get me a job at adult swim that had nothing to do with me actually getting the job at adult swim to do the comics <laughs> it was a completely different set of people that were uh you know looking for the talent to do the adult swim comics they didn't know who I was. They didn't see any of that shit. <laughs> it just happened that, like, I saw them online and I fucking sent someone an Instagram message and someone actually saw it and responded and they were like, yeah, okay, sure. And it just, like, totally goes to show you that, like, sometimes if you want to do something but you don't ask for it, it won't happen. Yeah. If I yeah. didn't ask for that Adult Swim work, it simply just wouldn't have happened. And, like, it's funny, too, because, like, after that Adult Swim thing happened, where I did the comics for them, I got, like, a little bit ballsy, and I went to <laughs> Mad Magazine, and I was like, hey, you should probably let me write some comics and draw some comics for you, because you have all these awesome, like, underground cartoonists and artists doing artwork for you now. Like, have you guys, like, read any of the newer issues of Mad Magazine? No, well, no. I've here like I subscribed after they stopped it because now it just seems like it's reprints of like you yes. know Al Jaffe and yes, and which I, like, like I'm interested in, but I didn't see like the last run of it. No. Okay, so this is where like I got lucky slash where I kind of got fucked. I approached Mad Magazine through their social media, which is so fucking stupid, but someone actually saw it and someone actually got back to me and I started talking to their editors and at the time they had some really cool artists that were doing their new content. So not the Al Jaffe reprints, not the old stuff that they've been reissuing. They were doing like new parodies, new artists, like they had like Luke McGarry was doing a bunch of stuff and Burrito Breath was doing a bunch of stuff and a bunch of other fucking weird artists they were doing cool things and i thought like oh this is fucking great like mad magazine are back after being dead and they're like giving life to this weird fucking lowbrow humor fucking scene that they like are in part responsible for by like nurturing these new artists or newer artists they were like popular artists in their own right but still like 
you're in fucking Mad Magazine, that's like another level. And I started talking to them, and I started pitching them for uh, cartoons and comics. And it was going really well. But then, everyone that I talked to in the office got walked out and fired. Because I'm not sure if this is around the time they were... This is this must have been surely after the time where they were, like, acquired by, like... There was a merger with, like, Time Warner and another fucking company. And, like, DC Comics owns Mad Magazine, which is all owned by Time Warner. So, like, they had new people running the publishing side of things that, you know, weren't keen on fucking paying artists to (laughs) keep putting out fucking new issues of Mad. So, uh, yeah, overnight that just totally went poof and went away. And it went from like, oh, I'm going to do fucking some whack shit for this new Halloween issue of Mad to, oh, we're not doing any new issues of Mad. We're just going to do reprints of the stuff from the 70s. And I was like, fuck, no, don't do that. Like, you finally, like, just got good and became relevant again. But it was kind of just, like, too little too late. And I don't think their readership really, like, took off the way that they had hoped. Or maybe they didn't give it the runway that they needed to get the readership. But, yeah, they're back to doing just reprints. And there is no new Mad content, which is sad because... They were doing great new content before uh, they were forced to pack it in. And yeah, I, I never got the chance to actually like get a comic in Mad, but fuck, for a second there I was close. And it was because the Adult Swim stuff, I got ballsy because I just asked to do something and someone was like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> and also, like, the Adult Swim stuff is funny too. There was one comic that I did for them <laughs> that they, like the dick artwork I did before, I was like, okay, we can't show this. <laughs> A 9-11 comic, and they were like, ah, maybe we could not do this one. We'll still pay you for it. And I'm like, God bless you. But they were, like, really cool. Like, it's just, that was, it's awesome when you find someone that's like, oh, you're going to just pay me to do the thing I was going to do anyway? Cool. Yeah. And they, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people that do artwork that would just do that shit for free because they were already doing it, which, like, I understand that. But also, if you're trying to be good at doing something, then fucking don't do it for free. Like, yeah, and they have <laughs> find someone that'll pay you for they it. They have near bottomless pockets anyway. I mean, fucking, they got Ted Turner money. Yeah. you know, yeah. like they should be giving like, you Macho Man money. You know, get that paid. Oh God, <laughs> if I had, oh, if, if I had my brothers, man, I would just strut around in the most luxurious, flowing, tassely robes, fucking Macho Man style, looking like a nuclear cowboy. <laughs> Fuck, I would love to <laughs> have that Macho Man money, have that Macho Man aesthetic. Ugh. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, Adult Swim, Adult Swim were cool. And then there was another weird thing, too, with that, where, like, I, uh, I, one of the comics where they did run, I put my, this is the stupidest fucking thing. So there was a comic where I put a phone number on a bathroom wall in one of the panels, and the number was my phone number. Oh, that's smart, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I would have done Fuck. it, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but like, okay, so like, um, at first they ran it on like the Adult Swim like website and then the AdultSwim.com like social media. So like, okay, whatever. That's like a couple hundred thousand people that follow that that might have seen it. So like, I got a bunch of weird random phone calls. Anything like jarring or no? Pretty harmless. I stuff. got people like sending me like weird pictures of like their dicks and like the <laughs> porn. <laughs> But, like, I got a lot of angry voicemails from people that were Adult Swim fans just screaming at me, Bring back Rick and Morty! Where the fuck is Rick and Morty, you piece of shit? (laughs) Meanwhile, it's like, I'm an independent contractor. I am in no way, shape, or form affiliated with the producers or the 
studio. That's a, that makes they think you're Ted Turner. <laughs> yeah, they think I'm Ted Turner because they saw a number on a bathroom wall and a fucking comic strip on Instagram. That's they, they thought they were going to be talking to Dan Harmon or something. That's that's Rick and Morty fans. Yeah, for they're you. fucking that, insane. That checks out. They're insane. And I realized through all this, like, I love Adult Swim, but, like, there's a fandom and a viewership for Adult Swim that I am just like, oh, I'm not a part of this demographic anymore. These kids, they're kids. And they're fucking wacky. <laughs> I'm not going to jump up on the counter at a McDonald's and start screaming for Chezwan sauce and just make a minimum wage employee's day that much harder. <laughs> just <laughs> Right. Fucking. Yeah, sometimes I forget that it's been like 20 plus years since the classic Adult Swim lineup. Yeah was a yeah, thing yeah like like i'm the awkward teen hunger force guy and it's like i don't know what the fuck is even on their animation block right now apart from uh whatever the new jj villard show is that looks good or um whatever will carsola is working on too like that guy's shit is always good i feel like that guy they should give him like a full half hour show because i feel like if you ever watched those mr pickles episodes like he has enough content and story crammed into 10 minutes that you could stretch out over a half hour and it would be a lot more satisfying to watch have you guys ever watched that show? I have not, personally. It's a good show. Yeah. For all the nonsense that they put out, uh, that one's good. So <laughs> people should like Mr. Pickles more than they like Rick and Morty. <laughs> I, yeah, like, uh, I know this is going to sound like I've only seen one episode of Rick and Morty. And it was just one of those things where I tried to check out the pilot when it was like season four or five. And the fan base was just like so crazy that I just I don't know I couldn't just stick with it which you know might be ignorant on my part because I actually heard that there are good episodes and you just have to detach the fan base from it yeah but um yeah Rick I just... and Morty is a good show but the fans have totally ruined it for me as well like I kind of feel like uh it's, it's kind of like the equivalent of like you know do you, do you guys know anyone that like really really likes Tool yeah, I yeah. Actually, like well, yeah. I used to. Yeah, there was a yeah. dude that I used to work with, and like three tool bumper stickers. Yeah, yeah, I said, yeah. They talk about it like it's some sort of like <laughs> two elevated yeah. form of art. Like it's not just like metal. <laughs> it's not just music. It's tool. You wouldn't understand it. And then they, I feel like Rick and Morty fans. They're kind of like the tool fans of like cartoons, where it's like, oh, yeah. it's so dumb. <laughs> it's genius. You wouldn't understand it though. Yeah, it's like you're giving it too much credit and giving other viewers not enough like you need to calm down a little bit it's it's a good show but it's like mop up all the cum already like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the last the last adult swim show i was really dedicated to watching was venture brothers and i think they just canceled that. yeah that was a good venture one. brothers will never die that show's coming back on another streaming platform i hope told. i yeah. fucking hope man that show yeah that's a good show and it's so yeah. funny too because like it's a johnny quest parody that's gone longer in its series run than what johnny quest <laughs> ever johnny had quest, right. <laughs> right yeah and it's yeah. like you think about like the new people that are watching venture brothers like they don't even fucking know what this is a parody of or what johnny quest is yeah so it's kind of surreal yeah it's like transcended what it was originally you know setting out to do yeah yeah i think that show's always done that too i always felt that the idea of it being a johnny venture parody was like so surface level and you could tell it was just something to use as a pitch yeah you know to get people to say yes to it and to continue keeping it on air but beyond that like there's way more i mean i don't know i always felt that calling it a johnny quest parody was like just for suits and then anybody that actually watches the show knows it's it's more than that Mm -hmm. it is definitely more than that yeah it definitely deserves it it is and deserves more credit than that yeah for sure and also too just the score fucking no cartoon 
like sounds as good as Venture Brothers. Like a weird it looks score as from good. JG Thurwell. It's so excellent. Like even if you don't like that show, you can listen to the music and be like, "Fuck, this is like a good cinematic and like crazy score for this cartoon." And yeah, it, it does look great too. It's, well, it was like the awesome only show. show running on Adult Swim that was actually hand animated. I feel like, which is why it took forever for every season to come out. But that's fine. Yeah. I'm willing to wait an extra year if it meant a good show. Yeah, and it was totally well worth it, whereas, like, you got fucking fans that gotta wait another month for a new Rick and Morty, and they're fucking calling me freaking out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right, yeah. It's kind of, you know what else I did, too? Because, like, I had all these people that were calling me. What I started doing is I started sending people, like, messages as the peeper creeper, and I would uh, just select people. I wouldn't do it for everybody, because I got, like, thousands of phone calls and text messages, but I would send a message back. It was just, like, a picture of the peeper creeper giving thumbs up, and then some people might be like, holy shit, there's someone actually responding to me. And through that, I got several people's home addresses. <laughs> because I would say, hey, buddy, it's the Peeper Creeper. You want to join the Peeper Creeper fan club and peep and creep with me and blah, 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 blah. And so many people, like more than what I would have thought, I don't know, I guess people are fucking dumb or reckless or whatever. But a bunch of people gave me their home addresses and I just started sending out free stickers and uh, fan club cards to like oh, random wow. kids. <laughs> that's just like, you should not, I'm going to reward you for your stupidity. It's the American way, but I should totally not be doing this. <laughs> For all you know, I could be a serial killer coming to your home <laughs> right now. <laughs> that was another funny thing. I don't think Adult Swim even knows that I fucking did that or that that happened. Oh, but... they definitely don't. No, no, no. <laughs> it's probably in your best interest that they don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's maybe they found out and that's why they won't return my emails. I don't know what it is. So yeah, people were getting uh, peeper creeper texts asking for their social security number. I don't know what that yeah, means. I definitely asked a couple people for their socials. <laughs> I didn't get any socials, but I did get home addresses, which is fucking oh, weird. God. But like, I feel like most people were like, "Fuck it, I live with my dad anyways." Like, right? Yeah, what do I have to lose? Gun, so who cares? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, Peeper Creeper is an ongoing story. You said you had book three or four. Yeah, yeah. It's it's no one continual narrative. It's just, like, strips, which yeah, is, like... Yeah, it's very Garfield-esque in that way, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I've realized, like, I, I'm not a good reader. I'm not a good writer. But uh, I could fucking come up with a gag. So Yeah, four-panel gags, man. That's where it's at. Four-panel gags. If you can, like, figure out a punch and, like, the rhythm to them, like, awesome. Like, I don't know that I have... But, like, there's definitely some comics where it's like, okay, this is, like, kind of getting closer. And it can work, too. Especially, like, in the Instagram fucking swipe form. So I could translate it from, like, a social media post to an actual comic. And it, it's worked out pretty well. Like, it's definitely more the gag stuff and the strips that have served me well. Whereas, like, the first few years where I was trying to do comics, I was, like, trying to write out stories and trying to draw them. And it was just, like, the hardest thing. And I got so word with like the narrative or whatever the fuck was happening halfway through where it's like now it's like oh it's just a fucking gag it's like a strip and it's a panel it's like i can do anything and like if i want to do a continual story i'll do a continual story and like i've done comics since people creeper that have been a continual story but Mm -hmm, uh people creeper stuff has just been like oh this is really like an excuse just to do anything because like whatever he's watching or whatever he's getting into nothing's really like off limits there's even been like the last couple books I've, like, established a thing where there's, like, multi-dimensional peeper creepers. So, like, you know, there's, like, a peeper creeper from, like, this dimension who, like, he's the peeper creeper that's, like, hooked on meth. So he's, like, the peeper tweaker. Or there's, like, (laughs) the blue evil version of the peeper creeper who's called the stalker gawker. And it's just like, oh, he's him, but he's a dick. 
and it's just like you could do whatever and it's been really weird and funny there's a strip where like beeper creeper comes back in time is the terminator and then i've been trying to think of a weird way to like do this peeper creeper comic strip i want to do like an x-men parody where like peeper creeper comes back from the future but it's like this weird like cable x-force version of peeper creeper oh yeah give him a robot arm and all that yeah yeah, yeah. give him a robot arm and like a, just a bunch of fucking pouches <laughs> yeah way too many pouches and a gun that's way bigger than that big robot arm and he's like quick you gotta help me like I'm you from the future. We got to travel back in time. But the only thing is, is that I have this time machine, but I can only travel back in time to a point in which where you've had sex. <laughs> and it's like, I don't understand the physics of that or why that has to be like that. It's like, there's no time to explain quick. We have to go back to a point in time where uh, the Virginia Tech shooter had sex so we could stop him from ever doing that mass <laughs> shooting. But, you know, the whole gag is, well, he never had sex, and, you know, that's why he was so angry, and that's why he had to kill everybody. And then they're like, oh, fuck. And then he's like, wait a second, if you had to have this time machine that only goes back into a point in time when you had sex, how did you get here? And then they just start fucking. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to work out, like, a visual rhythm to that that makes sense, but it's like, that might be one that requires more than four panels. That's the other thing, too. It's like, I've only got so much time. I'm kind of lazy. Four panels and a gag works good. If I go beyond that, I'm stretching my talent in someone's attention span. (laughs) 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 Which, like... (laughs) I'm not sure if you noticed, the people do not have very long attention spans, so... Well, you know, I was actually just going to bring up your horror anthology, Zomra. Oh my fucking god. Did you read that? I didn't get a chance to, no. I just saw images that you had posted, and it looked amazing. Really? Yeah. I'm very surprised that you said that. I don't get very many messages about that. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... That was me trying to write. Interesting. Because like I, I mean, I'm I, not a very good writer, but I tried. And that was one of my comics where it's like a sequential narrative story. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciated it because it was so drastically different from all of your other work up to that point. That's funny it's, you say that. I kind of forgot about that book, <laughs> which is well, sad. Yeah. It, it's just weird to me because I thought it was an interesting direction that you decided to take. Aesthetically, it was very different from anything you had done prior to that. You were working on like actual fleshed out stories and, and then it just kind of stopped. Yeah, well, yeah, it did stop. There's, like, a bunch of work that went into, like, a second issue that just, like, no one saw and hasn't gone anywhere. And maybe one day I'll come back to it, but um, I don't know. I've been having fun doing the Peeper Creeper comics, and I've been doing a new comic called Comrade Kill, which is just fucking... Oh, I love that. Thanks, man. That's, like, that's sort of, like, a stupid callback to, like, the 90s image stuff. But, yeah, it's just, like, all these dumb dumb character designs that are just like so ridiculous in comics it's like okay let's do a comic where they know it's ridiculous or like it's supposed to be ridiculous but yeah the Zomra stuff like I've always really loved uh, horror and uh, I don't know I, I feel like that's something that's like that. those are the two things that have always like grabbed me and like whatever like form of artwork or media it's like funny stuff and scary stuff and like if you can make people laugh like that's a craft and like that's hard yeah. to do but also if, like, if you make someone feel like any sort of sense of like fear or dread like that's also like on the opposite end of the spectrum but still very hard and like very valuable as a creative person and like obviously i don't think i achieved that in the comic form but i tried and it was fun to do yeah every now and again i get a message like being like hey are you gonna reprint this comic i'm like no <laughs> 
Uh, well, I, I think you should. I don't know. If, like I said, from based on the interiors that I have seen, I thought it looked really good. It, it just stood out from all of your other stuff because it is like very stark and black and white. And I, I mean, it's clear that you made it, but it is such a different direction. Thanks, man. Creatively I, I speaking, and I really, that. yeah, I just like seeing stuff like that. You know, just stuff that you don't expect just come out from left field, and it's and it's successful. I, I feel like if I were to do that book and do a print run of it again, I'd have sure. to like George Lucas it. A little bit because there's panels and pages that don't work and they're fucking really bad because that was the other thing like there's like a flow and a style to doing like a four panel gag strip and there's like a flow and a style to doing like continual narrative and like I put that book together and I didn't fucking realize like oh you probably shouldn't have splash page after splash page until I'm fucking reading it and it's actually laid out I'm like <laughs> oh this doesn't work but you know it was like a learning experience and it was good to do something new but that was also at a point in time like I did a bunch of comics before Peeper Creeper like in all honesty no one's giving a shit about any comics I've made pre-Peeper Creeper so I'm really happy that you brought that up and thank you for saying that it looked interesting and like Peeper Creeper's been fun so I've been rolling with it and people have like received the other comics post Peeper Creep pretty well, I think, because of the goodwill yeah. that I formed with yeah. that strip. But, like, like, I did, like, two comics. I did two issues of a comic called, mm-hmm. like, Dirt Baby and Bone Cat. I did, like, a ultraviolet, like, book called Gronk, The Crushinator. Have you ever seen the movie Rawhead Rex? Yeah. Yeah, it was basically, like, a version of Rawhead Rex if he was just, like, a fucking shitty supervillain. Because I also, <laughs> like, just loved the look of Rawhead Rex from the, from the movie. Like, people were mad that it wasn't a giant dick monster, but I was like, no, this guy's cool, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's see what Rawhead Rex can do. But yeah, like, I was just, like, making comics for years and no one really seemed to give a shit. So when someone did give a shit about something finally, it's like, okay, I'm going to ride this wave for a little bit. But I would definitely like to revisit the horror stuff because for as many ideas as I have jotted down on my phone that are like humor strips or gags, I definitely have like an equal amount that are just horror strips, horror strips and horror stories that I would like to flesh out one day. Yeah. And I'd be interested in seeing you actually combine issue one with, uh, you know, whatever's still needing to be done for issue two and just compiling that into one single book because that's something I would definitely want to have in my hands. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, there needs to be more horror comics. <laughs> there needs to be more horror and more humor comics, like, in general. Like, I, superheroes are great, and, like, I do superhero comics, but they're all, like, through the guise of, like, humor comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's through the lens of parody, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parody and just, like, yeah, silliness. That's just so weird. Like, superheroes are, like, that. That's that's great, but, like, you gotta give people something else. And like, like, I I just don't understand why like North America is so behind in terms of like the perception of comics. Like you go to like Japan or France, like not that I've been to Japan or France, but you know enough to know that like comics there are just comics. Like it's not just like the Sunday funnies or superhero stuff. It's like another art form. It can be a story in movies, can be a story in comics. And yeah, it's an art form. It's a literary form. It's a way of telling stories where you're not chained by any sort of like prejudice about what it is you're expecting or reading you know what i mean it just doesn't yeah. fucking make sense like it seemed like there was like a brief point in like the late 80s early 90s or maybe that was taking a turn in comics in north america but it never fucking got there like it's yeah that bubble burst real quick it did it did and, like you know i mean major publishers helped burst that bubble quicker too so definitely fuck it's 
so weird. Like, like when people talk about like you know contemporary like comics for like adults, or, like shit that isn't just like superhero stuff. Like, what are you talking about? Fucking like Love and Rockets and like Mouse and like how old are those fucking books? Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like late '80s and like granted, there's books that have come since then that are like mm-hmm. just as good, but they don't get the recognition and they don't get that sort of like publishing push, <laughs> you know, where they fucking should. <laughs> I don't know. Comics are fucking weird. You guys make comics. It's fucking weird, right? Yeah, it's a racket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you kind of, you kind of have to acknowledge. You, and... you sign up for it. I feel exactly. like. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like, yeah. and it's but... like so funny too when you go to a show and like you're working a show and it's all these comic artists that like most of them what they probably know is just working at a desk under a fucking dim light bulb all alone for however long trying to make a thing and then all of a sudden they have the thing made and they got to go interact with people and it's like oh fuck how do i even do this yeah (laughs) it was just an army of one working on this book and now there's an army of people in front of me as this one and i got no idea how to interact (laughs) and that's why if you get good enough you just get an art dealer so that they do all that shit for you yeah that'd be fucking good too if you can have someone else pushing your shit so that you can just concentrate on making this shit. Like, that would be a dream, but I'm not going to hold my breath for that. So I got to try to push this shit on my own, which, I don't know, it's... It goes okay. It's, you know... Yeah, I was going to say, you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like... I, I'm very fucking lucky. I, I really am. Um, it's nice that anyone gives a shit, buy a comic, or, you know, like, say a nice thing. It's nice that you guys give a shit to even talk about this. It's nice that whoever is listening to this is listening to this, so it's just... It's just cool. Uh, you know what else is weird to think about? Like, this might be, like, a catalog. <laughs> like, this might be, like, a thing, like, down the line. Like, oh, I wonder if this is something my daughter's going to be listening to after I'm dead. <laughs> maybe, maybe no one will care, but maybe she'll look back and be like, who was that fat, bloated guy that raised me until he died of a heart attack at 43 and I was 10 years old? <laughs> oh, let's, let's listen to him talking yeah, about taking yeah. fart jokes for an hour and a half with these guys. <laughs> well, a little time capsule for your daughter. It's so weird to think about shit like that. Yeah, I I mean, I can't even imagine. That's so far beyond the realm of the things that I would think yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. same That's here. Just wild. Yeah. But did you, wild. did you know that? Did you know you're going to die? <laughs> <laughs> or just like, just like having, having to care for, uh, you know, another human in that way. Yeah, you know what's insane about it is that they'll just let anyone do it. it yeah, it's true. Yeah, you don't need to have a license or fucking nope. pass a test. If you could put a dick in a vagina and figure out that, you can create a life and you need to take care of it now doesn't mean you will take care of it it doesn't even really mean you do need to take care of it plenty of people do that and they don't take care of it but it's just (laughs) fucking crazy i am like totally a proponent of you should have a license to fuck Uh, (laughs) i'm not saying i shouldn't have kids i'm doing the best with what i got and i think it's going pretty well so far i have like a great wife that's like a fucking brilliant anchor to this madness so like uh, i know that if i I ever fuck up it won't be too bad because she's like way smarter and better than me it's chill (laughs) she'll be covered yeah bullshit she does yeah she does (laughs) like she hasn't really had to reach down to the depths and pull me out of the fucking bog yet, but, like, she's the type of uh, woman that would and could, and uh, she's awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, well, okay, so one of the questions here that we had, you already answered, so there's no point answering it. Origin of Pat Sparrow, Nate, McD- uh, Donahue's tag team, so we know that one. So <laughs> Donahue, wait, 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 sorry, say that again? <laughs> Nate, what, what did you say? McDonough. McDonough. McDonahue. I don't know his fucking McDonough. last name. Man. Origin of Pat Sparrow and Nate McDonough's tag team. We already know the answer. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got that one. Can I tell you what the best thing that you guys have done for me personally Ooh, is right now? 
I'm gonna be perfectly fucking yeah, honest with you. It's JB yeah. and all those fucking Sopranos memes. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, he's a pimp for those. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. I've never, I've never even watched Sopranos. Do you know how close I am to finally starting? Because of all those. Oh, fucking you need memes? to. Yeah. And, like, you I do feel it. like I'm gonna yeah, watch, like and I'm gonna be disappointed because it's not no, the world's greatest won't be, existential comedy, like the way you fucking paint it to be with your weird ass memes. I love them. It is. It is. It is. it is very much all of those things and more. And you should start watching it immediately because what else you got to do? I mean, it's le- there's levels. You're to right. It. You're right, man. I think it's I think it's time. I got fucking HBO. There's really no. Yeah. Excuses. Yeah. What the hell? If you have it, why aren't you watching? I know because <laughs> Nathan for you is on it. So I'm just been watching for that. Oh, uh, that's yeah, only that's like two seasons, too. right? Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. But I've been rewatching them over and over again. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You finish whatever season you're on on Nathan Fielder, and then you start watching the real meat. He's you Start watching Sopranos. That guy, that guy is like a nation's pride right there. Nathan Fielder. That guy's great. He is, he is. Yeah. His new show's pretty good, the one that he produced. What's that show? The show I was thinking of is called How To With John Wilson, and it's on HBO. I gotta look that up after this, man. After yeah, I've never I heard of that. Start one. watching Sopranos. It, it it's, it's very. It, I mean, if you if you get Nathan's humor, this is definitely a show for you. It's I'm there. It lines up. Nice. <laughs> uh, but anyway, all right. So let's get into some questions uh, while we have a chance to do that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, st- I'll okay. stop. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. So first question. It's not a question. Instagram user Sandboyangryman says, "No question. Just sending my praise to him for that Cosmic Surfer collab." Thank you. You are too kind. I do not deserve that. We have Nate Garcia Cartoons on Instagram, yeah. and they ask, do you keep sketchbooks? Yes. I have recently unearthed a weird treasure trove of them from like over the past 10 years, and it's kind of fun to see however much you think you suck now. <laughs> you didn't suck then. <laughs> yeah, right. You sucked way more <laughs> 10 years ago, so probably good to keep sketchbooks yeah for when sure you do a sketchbook do you fill it out from beginning to end or is it one of those things where you'll kind of start and stop i will fill it out from beginning to end but um i'll only draw so it's like fucking all these pages i'll only draw on one side of the page are you guys the type of guys that'll draw on both sides of the page in a sketchbook yes okay yes it, it depends on if like the bleed through on the other side is bad. Yeah, see, I only buy books. I, I buy a weird type of book that's made by this art store in Guelph. They actually, like, make them specially there, and they bind them, and they make them... A part of why they make this book the way they make it is for mortuary students. So when they're, like, doing, like, dissections and vivisections, like, any fluids that get on the book, like, I won't, like, bleed through... <laughs> Oh, you get like that plastic paper. (laughs) It's kind of like that. It's got a coating on it. It's got it's It's real nice. Yupo paper. It's it's awesome paper. Yeah, I draw in those books, and like I'll only draw on one page, whether it's a pencil sketch. There's zero bleed through, but like I I feel weird drawing on the (laughs) other side of the fucking page. So like I'll go through a I'll go through a sketchbook, but it's really only technically half full. So like I have like dozens and dozens of books that like okay yeah every page has something on it, but it's only one side of the page. And like I have a weird thing where like I have a bunch of sketchbooks that only have like drawings on like two or three pages and I stopped drawing on them because the first couple pages didn't feel right and it wasn't for anything to do with the actual paper of the book it was just like the drawings kind of sucked and it's like I got off to a bad start with the book and I can't keep drawing in the book so like <laughs> that probably makes no fucking sense it's probably some weird no, OCD it does. thing 
No, it, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, so I got a bunch of books like that that, like, I can't throw them out either. There's, like, nothing in them, but I can't use them and I can't throw them out. You could always just black them out with ink and then just yeah, but I, keep going. But I won't, because the fucking damage is done. <laughs> it's already, like, hexed. Oh, it's, like, cursed in your mind yeah, already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really how okay. it, like, okay. is Okay, okay, okay. It's bizarre gotcha. and it makes okay. no sense. I don't think I've ever articulated that to anyone before either, but, uh, yeah. That's All right, fair. Stupid. Okay. Instagram user Joshua of Grand Rapids asked, If Peeper Creeper is the first cartoon to come in Kamala and Joe's shoes, will he be the last? C-U-M, just to clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's talking about ejaculate. See, when you were opening up the questions, I thought they were all going to be like this. So I'm very surprised <laughs> that it's just one. So, yeah, I guess no. Usually ours are dumber no. than this, so. If there's, a, if there's any cartoon character that's going to jerk off in any person of power's loafers, it's... Probably not one of my characters. Probably someone under the say, Disney banner that could get away with it. It feels like a Daffy Duck move. Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> Warner has the clout to fucking ejaculate in someone's shoes. President's shoes. It's not the Peeper Creeper. I don't, know. I don't even know if the Peeper Creeper has a dick. People ask me that all the time. Yeah, I don't think he does. I, it doesn't look like yeah, he does. Yeah, it doesn't look like he does. And to be honest with you, I don't know that he does either. So, no and no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Peeper Creeper issue 13, the first appearance of Peeper Creeper's dick. You never know. It could be. It could be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. He could get like an animal dick transplanted onto him. Oh, that's a good idea. That's yeah. a good idea. That's I could go somewhere with that. Actually, <laughs> so yeah, in all the drawings and all the comics, he doesn't have a dick. But uh, for the first time in issue four, he does have a dick. But like, it's, he's, <laughs> it's. It's on the cover of the book. You gotta get that. It's, you gotta get that issue graded. It's, 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 <laughs> it's not that, like, it, it's, not, it's not a real dick. It's what it is. He's wearing a giant, like, robo-mech suit, and, like, it mm -hmm. has a dick that is a giant gun on the front of it. So it's like, yeah. he kind of has a dick, but maybe it's because he doesn't have a dick. He's got it's a, more of a phallic object. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's got, like, okay. two revolver fucking barrels for balls. It's stupid. <laughs> We're making art, man. Don't, don't you get it? Don't you get it? Amazing. So High concept. Amazing. <laughs> okay. All right. Next question. Instagram user BoneThrown420, uh, aka Morgan, uh, they ask, why he blocked me when I asked about the funny blackface lips he drew? Yeah. Fuck you, motherfucker. It's because you're a Holocaust denier. Don't be coming at me for blackface lips. <laughs> I come hard and I come fast. No, basically, if anyone comes at me with any sort of nonsense, I am very quick to block, whether it's justified or not. <laughs> Someone will be like, I was like a real petty one. Like, I've officially gotten to the point, too, on, like, social media platforms. Like, if I'm on Facebook, like, my block list is longer than my actual friends list now. But, like, someone the other day, like, I was on, like, a page for, like, an action figure forum online. And someone was like, oh, this action figure's head is too big. And I was like, fuck you, block. Because I'm very quick to block. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's just like, get out of here with your negativity, block. I also just, I think I took offense to that because they said blackface lips. I'm like, this is just cartoon lips, man. You make fucking blackface lips on a cartoon. And I, I remember that guy saying that. And I went through my last, like, several posts where I've drawn characters with lips. I'm like, this is just how I draw lips. These aren't blackface lips. Fuck this guy, block. Well, that actually answers the next question. Uh, Walk a Flock of Seagulls user on Instagram. They ask, uh, yeah, why did he instantly block a black cartoonist for questioning the choice of lips on his BLM piece? See, that's the thing, too. I didn't even know that that guy was black. 
I'm not like researching people before I block them. It's just like block, block, block. Oh, it's just like a bl- just blind blocking people. If oh yeah, 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 yeah. If that's the thing. If I don't got time for any sort of like semblance of negativity, I don't got time to be going down a rabbit hole of someone's fucking profile. I'm just block, block, and move on. So that guy is probably that guy's friend, right? Like, how the fuck would he even know that? Did well, I it's, block? Did I block like a prominent? You blocked them artist? too, because here's the follow-up question. Uh-huh. He blocked me just for liking the comment, and jokes on me because I had just bought merch from him. <laughs> if that guy wants a refund, I will totally give him a refund. <laughs> you come at me, bro, and I. Will I think it was a girl, actually. He blocked a girl. I don't even know. I think I blocked. Yeah, it was a crippled Jewish girl. Who is blind in one eye? I blocked her. I'm a, I'm a bad person. How did you know that you blocked? Like, what's the story behind that? No, I'm just kidding. I don't actually. Oh, okay, fucking, okay. I don't actually know that. If I didn't okay. know the last guy was black, I'm not going to know that this fucking person's a crippled Jewish girl who's blind in one eye. <laughs> Fuck all y'all, motherfuckers. I don't know. <laughs> this is oh, good content. Shit. Is good content. Yeah, good content. <laughs> You should have opened with that shit, man. You should have opened with, you're racist. Why are you racist? Nah, man, I'm done with it. You guys are done with it. Let's be done with it. (laughs) 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 I've wasted enough of your time. No, no, we love this shit. So, well, let's... the listeners' time. We're good. Let's, let's, yeah, let's take it home. So, Patrick, where can uh, people find you on social media, websites, etc.? Yeah, just at Patrick sea sparrow if you got time to waste i got dumb cartoons to show you hell yeah so uh peeper <laughs> creeper. don't forget your website asshole oh man that went.com patricksparrow.com i don't know that anyone goes there i haven't updated in a long time but yeah. and you, the new issue of peeper creeper you're working on it right now you said it should be out this month was that right or was it next yeah month? no it should be out late this month so it's not going to ship before christmas but peeper creeper 4 will be out this month patricksparrow.com for links to the shop if anyone wants to buy a comic and comrade kill will actually be out fingers crossed first month of yeah january if, if it works out well so. hell yeah so a lot of uh, new content coming from you yeah i've never done consecutive book releases like month after month before which is like just weird that it worked out that way um so yeah hopefully more comics to come yeah, yeah it'll be exciting to see that comrade kill january february Woo! let's fucking get it done uh malt's gonna be taking open bets for uh, the Brawl for All, it's going to be Patrick Sparrow representing Canada and Morgan, a.k.a. Bone Throne 420, representing the uh, United States. And my, all bets can be submitted at the Gutter Boys Pod Gmail account. That's gutterboyspodcast at gmail.com. I believe it's going to be four rounds, three-minute rounds, four rounds total. And uh, so, yeah, put, put your money where your mouth is, folks. We want to make uh, comics interesting again. <laughs> I'm Dr. Death Steve Williams in this equation, man. I'm fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're going to die in like less than five years. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I might look good going into this, but I'm going to fucking take a dive real fast and then I am fucking out (laughs) on my ass permanently. Own throne 420. (laughs) Fucking Bart Gun coming for me. (laughs) <laughs> hell yeah all righty well as always if you want to participate in the show you can follow us online on twitter and instagram at gutter boys pod or you can email us at gutter at gmail.com we are individually on social media i am at cam del rosario jb is at mort crimp jr and until next time stay gutter.